the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are back with the Roys for the fourth and final season of Succession on Sky, finding our potential with Chris O'Dowd in the Big Door Prize on Apple, and finding ourselves at the end of an impenetrable conspiracy with Kiefer Sutherland in Rabbit Hole on Paramount+. And with the power landing on Prime Video this week, Tony Collette and John Leguizamo stopped by to chat equal rights, feminism, and electrocuting bellends with me. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that is setting up a GoFundMe for screenwriter Joe Barton to host the BAFTAs, as I need to hear his commentary after his tweet this week, which was, and I quote, BAFTAs, a few people I really like with nominations, and at least one person who multiple sources have described as a massive cunt. Venmo me £10 to find out who. Now... Boydie, as a BAFTA judge, which massive C unit did you nominate for an award? Can I applaud the fact that, first of all, you used the word cunt in the intro? Uh, <laughs> I haven't yet, I've yet to bold. decide whether I'm going to bleep it out well, in some fashion. Too late now. Keep it in. Keep it in. I'm going to say lots more cunts. Um, <laughs> oh, great. Well, we, are, we, are, we are reviewing We're succession this week. We exactly. I feel it almost it, it comes with the territory, it right? It's appropriate. Yeah. Um, yes, you on the uh, on the WhatsApp group, you messaged me, say, uh, alerting me to Joe's tweet saying, who is this? And I, I, I replied, there are literally hundreds of nominees. <laughs> So, <laughs> and they're all C be, units, I mean, right? Is that what you're saying? Them, half of them are probably. Yeah. So basically, what we're saying, Joe, please just DM us yeah. and yeah. let us know. Or, Joe, yeah. you know, call into the show, whatever you like. I yeah. mean, we're not live, so that's not actually possible, but, you know. Leave us a like. voice note. Leave us, leave us, that's it, Joe. Leave us a voice note and tell us who it is. I'm and Kay yeah. will Venmo you £10. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Mainly because I don't fair. really know what Venmo is or how it works. No, nor do I. No. You don't know what something is. That's some tech equipment is. Then how was anyone else? It feels like an app for sending people money, and I always try not to send people money, so that would be why. Uh, I am, of course, joined with the two people you've already heard. The original bore on the floor. It's Boyd Hilton. <laughs> and Pilot TV's B- very own slime puppy. B-O-A-R. It's Kay Ribeiro. <laughs> oh, he's, he's in one of those moods, mm. boys. I am. I'm yeah. a little bit hyper this morning. There's been caffeine you, and sugar. Why are you a giddy goat today, then? Why am I? Do you know why? Do you know why? Because, so I walked, so we're recording earlier than normal, which may be why. I'm more, I'm more active in the mornings, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a vole. I'm, I'm not nocturnal. I'm the opposite of nocturnal. Diurnal? Whatever it is. Diurnal, perhaps. Anyway. Mm. So the thing was, I was walking through. I was walking from Charing Cross, and the sun was shining, and the fountains were fountaining, fountaining. and and I was like, "Oh, it's ejaculating. It's pretty steady, (laughs) steady, steady." And and you know, I thought, you know, it's nice. It's a nice day. Like the Mm. clocks, the clocks are going forward on the weekend. The sun is out. It's Mm. no longer freezing. Spring has sprung. Spring is in the air. Right. The spring has sprung. And so I'm feeling quite, you know, it's going to start pissing down with the rain later. You realise? Oh boy! I don't believe that's true. Don't don't piss on your parade. Just in time for the succession premiere red carpet event. That's right. uh, That's right. Some of us are going. Brian Cox is not going to be happy about that rain. No, it'll be absolutely furious. Mm. Someone will have to, you know, be fired for it. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, it seems likely. Yeah. I'm also, I'm so, I'm, I'm sort of over, overstimulated, but underprepared well, this morning. No, so, no, you're overstimulated. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of words that have been said right now that I just don't want to hear. Fair enough, but I didn't. So, so I would normally be more prepared for the show. I've written little links and little interest, and even an outro at the end, like little <laughs> things. He's, I do. he's actually would normally, like waggling his hands, like, um, like doing a you show. Would normally, dance. have some kind of prep. I would normally have some kind of prep. However, I got sucked into a film this morning on the train, and normally I would multitask and just like have the film on in the background, and be like, who cares? But I, I was quite, I was quite taken with this film, so I was unprepared to multitask. So I watched it all the way through, and then realised I'd run out of time. What film was it? It was, it was a good person. Oh yeah, Zach Braff's it's new film, which is written and directed. Yeah, uh, which I will be reviewing on the Empire Podcast, which is recording later today. But I can say it is, the film is imperfect. The performance 
performance is, in fact, are outstanding. Is it Florence Pugh? Yeah, Florence. she is amazing in it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, I, found, I found her performance, I couldn't, t- couldn't take my eyes off it. I thought it was incredible. The, the film is great for the most part and then has some wobbly bits. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah... It's uh yeah it's it's a lot. it's not a happy film a capsule review but mm. yeah I'm reviewing a film on a TV podcast because mm. I am that kind of maverick Boyd yeah you crazy I've I got am. some news later on that's really film news but I'm going to co-opt it for TV like, okay. much the same way the Empire podcast does okay with TV news all right fine mm. feel free to do that I mean we'll get into that and indeed the Baftas in the news yeah. section yeah so I'm not maverick enough to completely upend the podcast and bring the Baftas up front mainly because it's quite tedious uh, but uh, that, no not the Baftas themselves just you know chatting through nominations lists Better. but 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 can you tell me what you've been watching this week I had to do the had to do I was asked to do the uh, great honour of writing the Empire review of Yellow Jackets which we reviewed last week we did and which meant I had six episodes to watch oh uh, wow yeah um, so that's taken up the majority question yeah go on how is Steve the dog <laughs> <laughs> Steve the dog. I am worried about him. Do you know what? Steve the dog's strangely absent from many of those well, episodes. Well, I mean, I think we I know where say. he is. Yeah. Um, having gratuitously given it to her son, mm. um, now as strange as she is from um, her, her wife, that little doggy, yeah, seemingly disappeared, I have to say. Now you've got me worried about it. Maybe I missed the moment where the dog... He, he can't have been forgotten the about. The reality of the dog situation was missed, yeah. So that's taken up a lot of my time. And... It's quite a difficult show to write about, Yellow Jackets, especially with the incredible spoiler list they sent, which we referred to last week, which included things like, do not say anything about the present day story. Yeah, don't talk, no, it was, don't talk about the The past, don't talk about the present. It's like, what can we say? Don't speculate about the future. It's like, oh, what? Yes, it was was perhaps the greatest spoiler list I've ever seen. incredible. So I adhered to the spoiler list, right, very carefully. I had it on my screen, literally, Mm -hmm. while I was typing away with the review and watching the bloody the, sh- the six episodes of the show which the is bloody show. bloody show which is which is literally bloody obviously spoiler <laughs> I, I mean yes, Yellowstone's going to shoot you now. yeah pretty sure that was on the list boy not as much yellow blood. jackets <laughs> being gory is not a spoiler yeah, i'm sorry it's in the you know we forget in the very first scene i believe in the in the in the pilot episode they had glimpses of cannibalism they did allegedly yep. possibly to come anyway um it's a fantastic show very gory very even more sick and twisted. Loved it, but I had the spoiler list on my computer there for me to make sure I didn't break any rules. Wrote the review, sent it off to to uh, to, the, to the lovely people at Empire. John, lovely John at Empire. Ah, oh, Nuge. Nuge, the, the Nuge. And then I thought I'll have a look at because I don't like to, I'll have a look at the other reviews, the American reviews because yeah. the the um, reviews of Margot Pass and I don't like to read any reviews before I write a review ideally because you get infected by their you know by yeah their and it also like demoralising for you to know when you're wrong so. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and that then I read these reviews and they fucking completely ignored the spoiler list like, well, they just went went, went hog right wild centre mm. they are ap- and I was like what was the point of that but I wonder whether the, obviously they would have got a different spoiler list because they'd have been dealing with... Yeah, probably. Because it's Showtime over there, isn't it? Showtime over there, And it's there, Paramount yeah. Plus here, and I'm actually Paramount Plus people. Well, you follow the rules, and that is commendable. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, but I did feel like, oh, what was... The... And I think also, like, there's a confusion now over... We're getting this... This is having it a little bit with succession over previews, online reaction, mm. yeah. social reaction, yeah. written print reviews, online reviews... Online, um, what are they called? Summary, up, up summary. Things. Oh, yeah, no, yeah no, the, recaps, the recaps. Recaps. Yeah. Internal yeah. thoughts. Internal thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many levels of yeah, review and preview now, it's hard to navigate that. So, And I think partly what I was worrying about was, was a recap-related stuff. That you know they don't you know that have specific rules for what you can because recaps of, of episodes that have just aired. You know what I mean? So I mean, anyway. you can kind of do what you want in a recap. Yeah, if yeah you're that's literally right. recapping. Recap. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, <laughs> the whole thing is very confusing. I've written my review. Yellow Jacket season two is brilliant. 
even better than season one. And that's the that's the bottom line, Kay. That's the mm. line. exciting. We might have some yellow jackets talent coming on the show oh, that, that in a couple exciting. of weeks. Very exciting. That's very exciting. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And the other thing is, I watched uh, the four episodes of Succession, um, which <gasps> you got access to four. Yeah, which, uh, Scott, thankfully, yeah. So do you know why? Because he's, he's the yeah he's the grand fromage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, well, amongst the three of us. So obviously, that was another four hours. Took to that up. You do, do not enough. listen. I supported you with the yellow jacket, but do not even think of complaining oh, about having four episodes. Oh, <laughs> but I did, as as of, as obviously I was in the, always going to do stuff up to two in the morning to watch it. Yeah. Mm. After I've been to, I think it was the night, I think they arrived the night of John, I went to see John Wick 4, which is nearly three hours long. So it was a high day of high consumption. Boyd, we've discussed your sleep, but... Goggle-eyed yeah. viewing. Yeah. Anyway, Kay, what have you been watching? I have been watching... Um, which will appeal to neither of you, the great pottery throwdown final. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> yes, it was on a couple of weeks ago. I've only just caught up with it and it was so, so good. The person I wanted to win did win and it was very emotional. So, yeah, I'm. it's just a joy-filled show. I know you'll you'll neither of you watch it, but it's just, yeah, it makes me feel good. So, um, sad that that's over. Something else I finished, The Diplomat. I'm not sure if either oh, of you yeah. stuck with it. That was the one set in Barcelona with the... Um, console. I have to say, I really did enjoy it. And it was all down to, a lot of it was down to Sophie Rundle's character. Because when it first started, I thought she'd be quite two-dimensional, you know, like a goody two-shoes, following the rules, but, you know, stick up the ass. Steady. I don't know what... (laughs) Stick up the ass. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, just uber formal and... There's nothing formal about having a stick up your ass. I'm just just going to throw that out there. You woke James up for his email replying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, but, you know, just I thought she'd just be quite boring and officious and stuff like that. And she wasn't. And Mm. she was very dynamic and fun and sweary and I liked her so I'm really hoping they'll do a second season but that's a world production isn't it the people who gave I think it is yeah line of duty, line of duty. I saw the world of production um, head honcho exec Ooh. producing the week because I, I also forgot to mention that I hosted a malpractice a new an upcoming show on ITV called Malpractice which is a world production yeah and it's very much like a kind of line of duty but medical and um, is Jed Neve involved? Algar. Jed's not involved. No, Neve Algar's in it. She's the main star. Um, but it's a really interesting show, which I won't spoil. But we were, I'm sure, we're reviewing it in a couple of weeks, even if it is on ITV. I wish you'd tell me you're doing that. I would have got you to ask if there's going to be a second season of Dip- The Diplomat. Um, what do you think? What's your gut reaction? I think there probably will be. Yeah, I think so. I think it's gone down pretty well. Good. <laughs> and then the final thing that I've watched, which is not out yet, so but it's just it's specifically I'm telling you um, the people who are interested in the foreign dramas is that I watched the new Disney Plus Italian um, foreign drama, which is um, called The Good Mothers, and is a shocking true story of three women who were born into famously dangerous Italian mafia who have then very, like, bravely colluded with a prosecutor who herself is very courageous to bring them down from the inside, like, basically be Trojan horses. Why are you looking at me like that? No, not at all. I, this, this seems fraught. It is fraught. Yeah. It is very tense. And I'm thrilling. stressed here when you talk about it. Yeah, but it's good. So um, hopefully we'll review that. If not, I'll talk about it at length when I can. But just for the people who are interested in the foreign dramas. See what you is, did. See what you did there. You fulfilled your brief. Yeah. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Praise me. Thank yeah. you. Yes, all the praise. All praise the praise. Praise me. <laughs> uh, okay. I've watched so much stuff this week. It's not even funny. <laughs> so, but but mostly stuff for this podcast. So I have watched for the show. Well, one show for this week that we are reviewing I have not watched, but we'll get on to that. Uh, I have, however, watched two other shows, which we'll also get on to. I watched seven episodes of The Power. Seven. Oh, wow. Uh, did you I, go to the premiere? I did not go to the premiere, no. I was not invited to the premiere. Though I did have a chat with John Leguizamo and Tony Collette, which we'll hear a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, so I watched seven episodes of The Power. Do you want to know what I thought about it? 
Yeah. Can't tell you. Do you know why? It's what? fucking embargoed, isn't it? Oh. So, so there seems to be a conspiracy afoot. People are, have been, have been accusing us of manufacturing embargoes so that we can what? cram stuff oh my behind God, the paywall. Please. No, is, listen, I yeah. will take a lot of like critiquing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, negative feedback. But if you think this is the embargoes are the most frustrating fucking things yes. and spoiler lists and not getting screeners in time. I know James is a bellend, but I promise you he's not doing it. He's, <laughs> he's not, not that saying, much of a bellend. Yeah, he's not saying there's embargoes when there aren't. It's no. just, this is the world we're living yes. in. Yes, so the power is out, I want to say on Friday, maybe Friday, but it's embargoed until the day before. So we literally cannot talk about it until Pilot Plus, so we will be reviewing the power on Thursday. Uh, but, but this kind of takes me to, uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent now. We had a number of reviews this past week, eh? Quite a number of reviews. New reviews, it turns out. It turns out that me asking, I don't know, every single episode for a five-star review, nothing. Not a sausage. Not a squeak. Not a sound from anyone. And all you have to do is apparently demand cake. And not only did everyone give reviews, but everyone reviewed with things like cake, cake, cakey cake, cake. Let there be cake, cake. So it's just cake. I just want to say, I, I noticed that, right? We've had an influx of reviews and good reviews. Thank you. Um, and But I just want to say, on behalf of all of us, how much we appreciate it. Not least because it definitely means that James now is um, definitely going to have to buy us the goddamn cake. If I, uh, if I uh, Venmo you the cash, can you pick it up? <laughs> I might even have to walk him to Pat Val. To, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go on a, a group trip. Um, but just to say, like, really appreciate the fact that people have been bothered to do it and um, and saying all these nice things. But please continue because it makes us feel good. Plus, I'm now going to think of something else that I want bought for us. Maybe like <laughs> James or Boyd, maybe. Could you ask them to send cash instead? <laughs> because like, this seems to be working really well and I could use it. So like, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to give us a five-star rating, please Venmo me £10. <laughs> and uh, and I'll get Joe Barton to tell you who yeah. the uh, Massive C unit is at the BAFTAs. Lately <laughs> asking for cash. Yeah, that's it. Cash. Yeah, it's how vulgar, James. Yeah, send me cash. No, just I mean, just send me keep, cake. That's fine too. Just uh, keep them flowing because it's making me chuckle, especially the mentions of the cake. But can I um, read out one of the reviews? Yeah, go on. I'm going to read out one of the reviews, and it's a two. Is it nice? It's a two star. Review. Oh god, here we go. <gasps> no, don't. It's a two, two star, star review, review from Tokimo, and Tokimo says oh, it's it's good when it started, but now it's crap. Is, when? It, is my name mentioned? We'll find out. Oh god. When the podcast first started, it was conversational and informative. Mm. At times that, and now their accents are so, capital letters, thick, you can't understand important information like names of TV shows, etc. I think he means you, Boyd. Uh, what's bothering me now is they've started a pay version of the podcast as they did with the Empire Spoiler Specials. Most of what's interesting will now be behind a paywall. I know everyone has to make a buck, but this is infuriating. Screw these guys. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Screw these <laughs> Guys. That's right. What's, Takim- what's this person's name? Takimo. And Takimo does not fuck about, let me tell you. Takim- Where is Takimo? You can't go around to Takimo's house and kill Takimo. No. <laughs> that, I mean, look, I, I get it. I'm as upset as you Listen, are, but that's taking I'm it too far. I'm not fucking anyone up. I just want to know, like, because he finds our accents thick, so I was wondering if, if this is one of our... I believe it's one of our American listeners. Fine. So I think that's oh, what it is. Oh, that, that yes. puts a whole new spill on it. Yes. I believe I believe this listener, Takimo, is from the United States of America and is it's finding our RP accents troublesome. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, gosh, what a blow. Yeah. So if I could just amend what I said earlier then, uh, we would love to have more people sending us reviews, just <laughs> none that are two stars telling us to go fuck ourselves. Yeah? Uh, the, the only thing I will say to Takimo, because Takimo may have missed... He's not listening anymore, James. He's, he's I mean, not subscribing. I think it's fair that Takimo has unsubscribed, but if Takimo 
happens to be listening, I will say that uh, we don't put good stuff behind the paywall. Actually, that's not true. All the stuff behind the paywall is amazing. We but what I'm saying is... We don't put good stuff behind the paywall. What a brilliant ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please subscribe to Pilot <laughs> Plus. So we don't put any good stuff James. behind the paywall. No, what I'm saying is we don't keep anything from the main show, apart from the post bag, which we literally keep from the main show, but we don't keep anything from the main show and stick it like behind the paywall. We haven't taken stuff away, is what I'm saying. We've added new stuff. It's, it's, it's additive, not subtractive. We've added new stuff behind the paywall. We've not taken things away. I'm going to be really... Honestly, I'm not taking this this guy seriously now. Really? So I think we shouldn't get hit up. It's fine. It's I'm fine. I mean, he's gone now, so I, yeah. I kind of Adios. feel like... Yeah. Yeah. But this, this, is very telling. this is very telling. This is what a lot of creative people uh, tell me that who I've interviewed um, over the years, which is that if, you're in, uh, if you create something and it gets reviewed, that it's always the one single bad review that you obsess over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rather than the yeah. myriad good reviews you get. And yeah. James no, has completely fall into that trap. Yeah. Yeah. No. And if you think you need to read out every bad review <laughs> in front of us, week in, week out, you've got another Oh, don't. Thing no, because I've got a paper thin skin. I'll be crushed. Yeah. yeah. If you um, want to hear more bad reviews, please subscribe to Pilot Plus, yeah. $1.99 yeah. a month. Don't encourage these people James, <laughs> to leave bad reviews. To read, to be, out, read out the good reviews, not the bad reviews. Oh, we have lots of good reviews. To be fair, I. Generally, don't look at reviews at all. But it's since we put out that sh- the shout out, see if James would get us cakes. If we got eight more, and then we got a flurry of I think thirty eight in a week, yeah, and we I was like, <gasps> "Oh, so please, so um, yeah." But I tend not to look at them because yeah, you might Good. get to chemo or whatever. Uh, I will. The, the cake situation will be at some point addressed. We will. Uh, there will be some mm, update sooner rather than later, James. I'd like he's going mm. at some point. At some point. Yeah. At some point. Perhaps some sort of reality show around the cake. I don't know. I'm still workshopping it. But uh, but yes, please do continue Maybe to send in your cake. Uh, we could be yes. yeah. an Easter egg cake of some yes. kind. Yeah. Well, what I would like specifically <laughs> is um, a cake similar to the one that Boyd bought us on. Basic binges where I was, was about to say you say Boyd bought us. I knew initially. I didn't know what you're talking about because Boyd has never bought me a cake or made me a blonde no, or really the, prepared food for me in any way. This was on the OG podcast, and he bought us a cake that was from Pat Vell that was so fluffy. It was like mm. this sponge, delicious. It was a fruity sponge, fruity, it was a fruity fruity, sponge fruity, fruity which sounds sponge. gross. Was it a supreme cake? Oh, it was supreme. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. <laughs> so I want that one, please. Uh, okay, I'll I'll see what I can do. Mm. Uh, but yes, please keep the reviews going. I will say the only thing wrong with with reviews on on Apple Podcasts is there's no right of reply. Like there's no way to because you know like when they review an app, the <laughs> developer can post a reply. I'm I like, I want to go on and reply because and say lot, thank you. No, and say thank you for the bad review, but also just to to address the negative point because they normally got an issue. But James, they haven't all been neg- they've been largely positive. Oh yeah, no, most of them are positive. But the occasional, the occasional negative one, uh, I feel one like I wish James, to I wish no. to get back to. Them. I wish to I wish to address the issue. I'm banning you from looking at anymore. Okay, yeah. but what I'm saying is what I'm saying reviews news if you have a negative review don't post it on there just send it over and I'll read it out on the podcast and address it directly negative negative reviews you psycho okay no Kay says no you're banned you're banned ridiculous instead what we'd like to say is thank you to everyone who every single person who has been asked to leave us a lovely review we appreciate you more than this one and all of you who have been asked and still haven't reviewed Fuck you guys. No. <laughs> is that what we're saying? For the people who... No, we're saying for the people oh, okay. who haven't, we'd we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. If yeah, anything, you should kill them with kindness. So if you were to respond, was it tacky, Mo? Yes. On, on, on the, on, tacky, Zeffo. We, we, we hear what you're saying. We'll all try and enunciate more carefully next time. You know, I find that often like address, you know, just being overly nice to these people mm. is, the way, is the way forward. Oh, right. Uh, all right. But this, all of this has, has distracted, uh, distracted us from, from the main point, which was what I've been watching on the TVs. Uh, so I have watched seven episodes of The Power. I've watched all the stuff of this week. I watched an episode of The West Wing. I watch episodes of The West Wing all the time. So that means nothing but specifically from season two Bad Moon Rising but hold I hold on no 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 no. hold on <laughs> what? why did you randomly watch an episode of The West Wing I do it all the time I'm I'm in my life always 
in a West Wing re- rewatch. At the moment, I'm in season two, but I, there is my rewatch of the West Wing never ends. I get to the end, I start again. I get to the end, I start again. It's always ongoing. It's always bubbling in the background. You so can like, kind of get a sn- like sense of his compulsive nature now, can't you? <laughs> Fixating on the negative yeah. review, just com- like, on a loop watching West Wing. Well, it's, it's comfort viewing for you. Yeah, well, so, so last night I got in quite late. I was a bit tired. What time? How did, uh, that's a good point. It was probably about 10-ish. Right, so you should be getting into gym jams ready for bed. Well, was, so yeah, for fine. me, for 10, it was a little too early to go to bed, but too late to start anything. And I couldn't I couldn't face watching a good person at that time of night because of the subject matter, which is not happy. So I thought, you know what? West Wing, boom, done. <laughs> so I did that. But, but the other thing I watched was the rest of ITVX's You and Me. Oh, yes, which oh, yeah. actually, I need to get my yeah. phone. We had to, did you, I love that tweet the person tweeted you when you um, posted about it. Do you see it? I, I mean, I get a lot of abuse, Kay. You need to be it more was, specific. It <laughs> was it specifically about the hypocrisy, uh, the fact that you were suddenly liking an ITV show. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you basically being an ITV hating bellend. This is my um, redemption arc. Like, if this were a narrative, <laughs> this would be my redemption arc. I'm, I'm coming back round. In fact, ITVX directly replied to my tweets. <gasps> really? Yeah, they were pleased I was enjoying it. Yeah, that's because they don't listen to this. It felt a bit passag, if I'm honest with you. But nevertheless, they did. Uh, they were pleased. No, I, I think it. they don't know specifically about your hatred for ITV. No, is it ITVX that responded, not ITV? No, it was ITVX. Um, yeah, I think there's a difference, you see, between ITVX and ITV1, which is obviously the the, the, the mainstream channel that you derive regularly <laughs> is ITV1. Right, I see. ITVX content, even though it's all going to end up on ITV1 at some point, at least that's yeah. what they say. But it's a bit different, really, yeah. To, we, we, yeah, we'll see. We'll did see you right. Did you guys finish, you and me? I haven't. I but not for any reason other than just being busy. I really liked it. I really, really. I liked loved the it. first episode. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Well, weirdly, the first episode I, I enjoyed, but I enjoyed it more as it went on because the first one is is, is properly downer. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's bittersweet all the way through. But the first one is very sad, and by, you know, because it sets up that whole thing. Well, if we're talking about crucibles of grief. So that's a Pilot Plus reference, apologies there. Uh, that, that's very much what this is. These two people kind of brought together by the fact that they're both very damaged. I, d- I did see you also tweeting about the fact that um, you frowned upon the fact that he asked her out on a date after interviewing her. Yeah, As I if you've that never was, done that, James. Of course I haven't done that. It's wildly unprofessional. So he, he goes to interview her. He does an onstage Q&A and then asks her out. I'm like, uh, hi, boundaries. But uh, nevertheless. You, well, you've been tempted though, haven't you? Well, I, yeah. I, have, I did watch the thing and I completely, you know, ages ago. Um, but yeah, you, you, I was thinking of you to some extent because you and Holiday Granger, of course. You, okay. <laughs> I think I You've think been on the verge. Hey, Holiday Granger is is with one link? of the Treadaways. I forget which one, but nevertheless, I think he'd oh, take the it ill. Yeah. yeah, but I was yeah. thinking we had Holiday Granger, didn't we? For did we did Holiday take part in our um, Q and A at the? James got a little pilot, pink in the cheeks. Hey, I have look, to say. Pilot, that's that's the Holiday effect. <laughs> uh, live pilot podcast. She did not. No, okay, not. it's all a blaze. Yes. Okay. But uh, but Kay has yeah. a thing for the treadaway, so actually yeah. between the two of us, we could do a kind of uh, so, well, you, Joey and Monica thing yeah. and split them up and keep the parts for ourselves. We could divide and that conquer. But it's mm. great to see a, a, a drama that has on on stage Q and A's and uh, interviewing celebrities at its core. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure, that's true. Yeah. I, I no, I know, but I, I thought it was very sweet. I mean, it's a little bit soppy in places. I think, yeah, because it has I, to be. It's a, it's a romantic, of course, of course, drama and, slash. And I, I, I must admit, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I very much enjoy it. There were points where I'm like, oh, too much, too much. Dial it back, dial it back. But generally, I really enjoyed it. Mm. No, it was great. really good. Um, you know, we should maybe we should do a spoiler special on it. Yeah, are you and me spoiler special? Oh yeah. yeah, we could get the That'd creator on. And I think that's his first ever. Um, yes, it, it is. is. Yeah. I checked. Yes, yeah. he's an actor, and yeah, he, he wrote this. I'm furious about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh, yeah, he he kind of he nails it. I think he he I sent it he to Russell C Davis, didn't he? And then um, yes, Russell exactly, was yeah. really um, um, happy to sort of mentor or help him. 
Completely, yeah. And um, it's... Ugh, ridiculously talented people. I hate them all, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie Davis is the actor yes. who wrote it yes. and he's very very good Harry Lorty who is fantastic in the lead as Ben and also Jessica Barden who kind of she's not only at the end of the first episode but obviously becomes a major part going forward uh, she's extremely good as well uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah I, really I, I, I was I was rooting for those crazy kids all the way through and I thought it was lovely is it as sad in episode 2 and 3 as episode it's, 1 I mean there's sadness through it but I don't but think not, anything's no. quite as crushing it's as the it's interestingly first one. structured that way because it starts with the devastation yeah. mm. and then gets more and more it is yeah, without speaking. yeah, because she's she's it's suffering uplifting. she's suffering a loss as well. So it's not it's not just uh, it's not just him. So she's, she's lose lose win. Ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Could I just say I'd like to see something where Lily Newmark doesn't have something awful happen to her? <laughs> because after this and Lockwood and Co, it's like oh my god, this oh, poor yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. She's not having a good time on on screen at the moment. But yes, uh, you and me, I thought was uh, I thought was delightful. So enjoyed that yeah. a lot. ITV rules. Yes, I've always said it, Boyd. Yeah. ITV's great. Yeah. Um, right, anything else you wish to talk about? Is this everything that we've uh, seen? No. Okay. I'm slightly disturbed that you haven't given us a question this week yet. Oh, um, yeah, I you... think, so, okay, when yeah. I talked about being unprepared, <laughs> right. yeah. this may be one of the things right. that I didn't prepare. To be fair to Tamika, was it? Or uh, who was it? Tamiko, yes, I think it was, um, yeah. You have kind of excised the post bag from the, this pilot into the interpilot. Well, I keep one, I, keep, I always keep a question. I keep a, a yeah, special... Except you haven't given us one this week. All right, well, let me see if I can find oh, one. Oh, also, because of you... Wrongly saying that I hated the person who asked the question last the ha- oh, week. Oh, you mean the hated Paul? Hated Paul. The hated Paul. Or was it Phil? He changed it was Paul. His name, the hated yes. Paul. He changed hated his Twitter Paul. handle to the yeah, hated Paul. Brilliant. That's the power I know, you but then, yield, Kay. Be careful. No, <laughs> but I wasn't the one who said it. It was James who started. This is classic James. What? I never said you said you projected onto me saying I hated Paul and I never once uttered those words and then I've I don't think got... I did either and we've both been broiled yes it's James, James who hates it's hang on James. I, no, look hey I, I, Paul, you started, Paul and me are you, close you have come between me and Paul and you know I'm just exposing you because Paul thinks I now hate him and I don't I don't believe you <laughs> Oh, that was scary. <laughs> it was really sinister. He went really Joe from you. Yeah. Hello, you. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, oh, that's a good segue, okay? Our You Spoiler Special, You Season 4 Part 2 Spoiler Special, is up on the Pilot TV Plus feed now, as is by the time this... Hang on, this goes out on the Monday. No. So, and the day after this goes out, on Tuesday, our Lockwood & Co. Spoiler Special, which we have now recorded, will also be up on the Pilot Plus feed, including a very long, very fun interview with creator Joe Cornish. Which uh, I enjoyed mm. a lot. Spoiler special bonanza. Spoiler a palooza is mm. what it is. Uh, right, right. Let me find you a question. Oh, he's triaging. <laughs> this is a <laughs> live, live triage, triage. A live triage of the live post-back. medical right, drama. I'm going to give you one now. I've oh, just pulled this randomly out there. Oh. This comes from Connor Power. And Connor says What group of characters from another show would you like to see check into The White Lotus? Rewatching Succession episodes in Italy made me really want to see the Roys in a White Lotus crossover. Oh God, yeah, yeah that's, that's the ultimate. That's the answer. Yeah, I mean, you've answered your own question. Is that it? Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, White Lotus Succession crossover would be phenomenal. Uh, I like to see Frasier, Frasier and uh, Niles at the White Lotus. I think would be good. And there's a brilliant episode of Frasier, one of my top four, top five episodes, top four, <laughs> top four, top five episodes, where Niles and Frasier are not invited to the opening of a luxury spa 
Mm. You, I don't know if you, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's brilliant. And they wheedle themselves in to go to this luxury spa off their own, like by lying and, and cheating, basically. And they get into the luxury spa, and then there's it turns out there's a golden room for special people <laughs> on another level. And then there's like a platinum door. And it's so, <laughs> such a brilliant satire on rich people and their entitlements and their things. So yeah, I'd like to see. I think if we went to one as, as a trio, I think we'd get into the bronze room. Yeah. At best, or tin. Don't know what that means. But uh, we did a podcast from the White Lotus. What? Uh, Boydie and I did a podcast with Beth while Beth was at the White Lotus. Because oh, yeah, she was oh on set of the White Lotus yeah. season two. Yeah. Although what was so kind of hilarious is she was supposed to be on set with the cast, but was in fact banished. Uh, and uh, oh, classic press trip. COVID. Yeah, there was a COVID thing. So she was oh. actually stuck in her room. It was a lovely room. She was stuck <laughs> in her room at the White Lotus. Oh gosh, that's such a that's a good gig. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, it had terrible acoustics. Gig. It was a nightmare to edit. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd quite like to see Larry David in the White Lotus. Now, 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 I'm thinking about. It. There's loads of good examples. Could I just say yeah, that yeah. I think I think we could all save a lot of time if we just if we just accepted that you any question, question you the listeners ask us, any question, any question at all that you you ask us, any any question, Boyd will say <laughs> Frasier as his first answer. <laughs> I will say. The Expanse of Battlestar Galactica. And Terry, if she called in, would say yeah. Buffy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Kay would say that pottery programme. I don't know. Uh, well, I would just change the question oh to something God, I wanted what? to answer. Right. Like damning yeah. indictment. <laughs> but we have our again, go-tos. You already said there's nothing of interest. Why do you hate this podcast? <laughs> yeah, why do you hate us and yeah. the podcast, James? I don't oh, God, know. Now I'm going to have to think of something that's not curbed enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah you are. A show you've never mentioned before. Yeah. Go on. Right, come on, okay, you think of something. Um, okay, what are my favourite shows? West Wing? How about the West Wing? <laughs> I mean, that's not I breaking mean, new ground, is it? You're just stealing it? one of mine, yeah. that's fine. I was going to talk about that. It's obsessed with um, it. I'm not sure they do well at a White Lotus, if I'm honest with you. They're all workaholics. I don't... Toby Actually, in yeah, they wouldn't would use the facilities. No, no, they'd just be sitting in their room would. answering emails. CJ would. Yeah, CJ would. CJ would, would fall in the pool at one point, yeah, without her glasses on. And um, <laughs> Donna would. Donna would get yeah, on Donna, definitely. Tony Soprano. Tony oh Soprano. my gosh. What about now. Happy Valley, Claire and um, the lead? And Neil. Yeah, Claire and, and Neil. And, oh, yeah, um, that'd be good, yeah. and Sarah Kaywood off on a, with um, the son, Ryan. Yeah, what about that? Ryan, Catherine, isn't Claire Catherine, and Neil. Catherine Kaywood. Sarah, isn't Sarah Kaywood. Oh like yeah, I've just mangled DJ the yeah. <laughs> Catherine Sarah, Lancashire, Sarah particularly Lang- good. <laughs> Sarah Stop hitting Catherine Kaywood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but can you imagine? That would be great. Yeah, maybe that's what she's going to do. She's going to retire and go off and go off to a White Lotus retreat. But only somewhere she could drive in her Land Rover. Um, yeah, Land yeah, Rover. Absolutely, that you could probably you could leave it on the mainland if you go. Boyd's going to work out the logistics for you. There's yeah. certainly a White Lotus on the Isle of Wight. It'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, I'm just thinking now. Yeah, I'm just automatically thinking of the greatest TV shows of all time. Better Call Saul, Saul Goodman. He'd have a good time. Definitely. <laughs> you think? Lotus, yeah. I think where 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 Saul is staying now, I don't believe they have a white lotus. <laughs> I can't be honest with you. <laughs> when he gets let out, you know, in years to come. Oh, it's char- it's characters who I think would would just fare badly, right? Like, or like, would you like to see an only murders in the building where it's only murders in the hotel? Oh yeah, that'd be fantastic. Where they're staying at a white lotus and someone yeah. gets murdered. Good call, yeah. Good show. And they have to solve it. Yeah. I mean, that kind of is what happens anyway, isn't it? I mean, there right, is... fair enough. <laughs> See what you're saying. I mean, there is a murder every series. That's the formula. Um, but yeah. As somebody who doesn't watch it, I wouldn't oh, really know. Oh, God, that's a brilliant telltale. So I can't believe... Oh, my God. It's just... Yeah, you don't watch The White Lotus or Success. I know. It's like one of these things where I pick freak. the best shows yeah. and like I may destroy you and just refuse to watch them. Such a... I like to be contrary. Oh, God. Which we makes don't. it so annoying when you get to the 
list at the end of the year about because he doesn't seem the best show. So it's like you. No, but I think we just overrule him. We just we we team up. We overrule by majority. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be awful not to uh, not to watch the best shows of the year. Okay, how's your Last of Us watch through going? (laughs) Join it. What episode you on? Nice try. You said the best shows, so I I wouldn't know about the the Last of Us. Oh, by the way, someone fed back. Sorry, I was just I was about to say, oh fuck off, James. And then I, I got some feedback about the fact that I lost. Uh, episode I didn't listen to either of you but I think that's because I hadn't found any news so I was hastily trying to look it up while you guys were talking and then and then the person also um remarked about how I just didn't didn't listen to you guys and then suddenly shouted out fuck off James (laughs) which is the thought it's like you're like I don't know what's been happening because I haven't been listening but I feel that this is kind of a catch-all response that would fit most (laughs) of the podcast scenarios so you just threw it out it's true but as I said to him you were on your second warning and you were (laughs) poking the beast so that's that's fair Anything else you would like to add to this question that we in no way prepared for? No, um, I'm I'm happy to move doctor, on to news. Doctor Who, I like to see uh, in going the. White Do you think Lotus. he stays in the hotels? Uh, yeah, I think he has. Moments. There's one of the episodes that's a possible for the for the rewatch. What do we call it when we're watching shows we don't want to watch, like the Star Trek experiment? Oh, the the cultural exchange the cultural that we do. The yes. nightmare. The nightmare, nightmare yes. slash cultural exchange. One of the sh- one of the episodes that I'm mooting, Doctor Who episodes, is effectively kind of Doctor. He leaves. Um, his companion behind at a kind of spa place, in fact, which could be the equivalent of the White Lotus, funnily enough. So, and then he goes off on his own. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, more more for the probably the companion to have a nice relaxing time in a, in a in a White Lotus star retreat. But I'm sure the doctor could be persuaded as well. I have a TARDIS question for you. Go on. Is there internal consistency to the geography of the TARDIS? TARDIS. The TARDIS. Um, that's my understanding. Of what it's called? It's a TARDIS, right? <laughs> well, the answer is in theory, yes. But there are certain episodes where suddenly you find a lot more about the geography of the TARDIS um, than you did before, and there's a little bit of kind of retro fitting around that sometimes. And but in, but it, it's kind of like all the different showrunners and writers have gone off on their own versions and tang- tangential versions of the of the like. There, there's some often throwaway jokes about I'll be I'll be in the swimming pool, you know, if you need uh. me, kind of things. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun point. Yeah, I mean, I would say probably the answer is no. In fact, and the the, the various writers just use it as a as a uh, tool to entertain us by well, having when we the sense that the TARDIS is it's so enormous that it's got all these different facilities and corridors and functions and rooms. Remember, what the little the little phone box? The little phone the box, little phone right? box. Yes, it's okay, got that. loads of hidden rooms. Yes. Well, are you aware that it's bigger on the inside? No. Oh my god! The most fundamental Doctor so, Who. So, okay, look, as someone, you have, that's that's tier level, peak level ignorance of Doctor Who. Hmm. You don't even know the top. So, so on the inside. This, this, no, this, this fascinates me. No, no, we have turned this around now. Uh, this fascinates even as someone who who actively rejects Doctor Who. I understand basically what it is, but so you are so detached from all things I've had that you don't even know about the TARDIS. Mm. That's impressive. Yeah, that is quite impressive. That Thanks, is impressive. Guys. Yeah. Have you heard of Appreciate Darth Vader? You. Yes, I've heard. Oh, of you that. have. Yeah. Okay, good. He was great in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't no, the reason catch me out. <laughs> the reason I mentioned the TARDIS and indeed the floor plan is back when Pilot TV was a physical paper magazine. Oh, uh, we I remember thing, those days. That's right. We used to have a thing called the uh, the map thing. I did a map of the island in Lost. I, I say I I commissioned it. I didn't draw it. Uh, and we had a few different floor plans done. And I went to a Whovian once and said, "Could you please do me a floor plan for the inside of the TARDIS?" And there was just a beat, and they looked at me, and it was just like, "You have no conception of what you've just asked." <laughs> and the answer was a resounding no. Mm, no, they enough. could not. 
Anyway, I think that's a question, frankly, not in any way answered. Uh, apologies for that one. But if you do want your question answered either here or on Pilot Plus, do send them to us at Pilot TV Pod on Instagram or Twitter via DM or to me at James C. Dyer on Instagram. We went through the entire, I nearly said dregs again, re, uh, the the quality remnants of the post bag on Pilot uh, on Pilot Plus last week. So we were actually out of things. We, I went through the whole thing. Oh, we had, we did a post bag of Palooza and I cleared the deck. So we are we are ready for new all new messages, all new letters, all new thoughts. Doesn't even have to be a question. Just a thought. If you want to give Kay grief about not understanding what the TARDIS <laughs> is, go, do it. That's the place to do it. I um, would I would strongly suggest you don't do that. Do it. Do it. Don't. Don't listen to Uh, him. Don't let him come between us. This is what's (laughs) happening. You did it with Paul. You're trying to do it with everyone else. Go on, Paul. Give a shit. (laughs) Uh, Right. Okay, fine. That was the post bag. I think it's time for this week's guests. What do we reckon? We're freestyling a bit this week because obviously I haven't planned the episode. So, so, yeah. So we're just going to have guests? We'll have guests. Tony Collette and John Leguizamo are both in The Power, which dropped some prime video this week. And it is an adaptation of the Naomi Alderman book from 2017, which was among Barack Obama's favourite books of 2017 and mm-hmm. is, I have to say, incredibly good. It's a book that I love and I'm slightly obsessed with, even though it's not the happiest. Uh, but this is a... I was about to say what this adaptation was. I'm not going to say because it's embargo, but this is an adaptation of that book. To find out what we think of it, you'll have to tune in to Pilot Plus. But I sat down with Tony Collette and John Leguizamo earlier this week to chat about the show and we got into equality, we got into what the world would be like if women were allowed to electrocute men. Uh, <laughs> Kay is very much in favour of this idea. Uh, but see what you think. This is me and uh, Tony Collette and John Leguizamo. I have to be honest with you guys. Well, first of all, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. Thank you, also, now be honest. Now what? Now tell us the truth. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Uh, I've got to be honest. No, I've got to be honest. I was so looking forward to, and rightly so. I'm not. There's no but coming at the end of this. I should probably preface uh, that. Okay. <laughs> I was so looking forward to this show because I've been obsessed with this book since 2017 when it came out. Uh, yeah. uh, because. It isn't what it seems to be, right? Like, I love science fiction and fantasy, and this reads like a high-concept sci-fi story, and kind of that's what I went in thinking it was, but it's a very different beast. Like, it's kind of a meditation on power and people's reaction to social change. And I just wondered, like, what you guys thought it was when you read the logline versus what you realised it was when you read the script. Well, it's cool that a dude like you love the power, you know? I mean, that's where I'm hoping, too, is that other men go, wow, this is incredible because this is what this show is what I'm going through in my life. You know what I mean? Because it is. I mean, you know, when you talk about uh, equality, that doesn't mean women are suddenly in power. It means it's an inclusive world and we all have self-power and and sovereignty and agency and we're able to realise our lives in a way that's healthy. Yeah. Right? Um, So, But it is very cool that you love it. That's really cool. I know. It's so awesome. (laughs) Because it is a meditation on, on, on the transfer of power, the... The giving up of power, the the taking of power, what's the power dynamic in our in our marriage? Uh, our, our our teenage daughter is coming into her own power. You know, it's mm. it's a beautiful meditation of what's going on in the world right now in terms mm. of strong men trying to take over the world, uh, crazy politicians in America <laughs> trying to take over our lives, and and coming out of COVID. I mean, it's it this this show really hits the zeitgeist of what, what the hell is going on in our lives. Yeah. And it hits really differently, I think, now than when the book came out in 2017 for all manner of reasons, but partly, I guess, because of COVID, because that's something that dropped out of nowhere, had a pretty significant impact and permanent change on everything, like on the way we live, right? Like it feels like that's almost primed people to 
be aware that these sort of things, maybe not this, but things can happen. Yeah, it's not dissimilar. You know, it's 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 global. It's it's it affected absolutely everyone, and uh, it's very similar to you know what happens in this story. So it's not too too much of a stretch to believe that something like this might actually occur. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, it's crazy how it really lends credence to the to the to the show because of what happened during COVID. I mean, you had hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Me Too really took hold, and and so we start to wonder who's got the power. Are we letting women have, you know, self respect? Uh, you know, and t- make men uh, culpable for for their assault on women. I mean, mm. it's a fascinating time that we're living in, and this show captures all that. I mean, you got the girl in Africa, you got the girl in, in the Jewish girl in London, you got the, the black girl in Atlanta, you got the Latin girl in Seattle. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It, it, the show is so beautiful to me because it, it shows what's going on, but you know, in a fictional way, in a sci-fi way. Yeah. It's like a step removed. It's entertainment. Right, it's right. actually very grounded and very aligned with what's happening in reality. Oh, uh, completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what it feels almost like you couldn't write a better response to something like Roe v. Wade, right? Where it feels like this is all about female bodily autonomy. Yeah, yeah. women. Do women can can they own their own bodies? Can they be in charge of their own uh, agency? And I really think it's so important for young girls, but women of all ages, to actually see other women coming into a sense of power, to be able to see that in a story mm. in their own living rooms and know that, yeah, actually, even though it's a metaphor and, you know, they're never going to have electricity coming out of their hands, to actually have that sense of self and say safety and agency and sovereignty and all those things that we're talking about is it's a huge deal. I mean, I wish I had something like that to see when <laughs> I was growing up. Instead, I saw, you know, topless women spread over cars. <laughs> yeah. It's a ridiculous, <laughs> so ridiculous. It's sold a lot of cars, though. <laughs> well, John, this is an interesting point, isn't it? Is that I wonder whether this is kind of as a man reading this book or watching this series, like it opens your eyes to the fact that like, as men, I think we often take for granted the fact that we have like an advantage in terms of the power dynamic, right? We don't think about it. We take it for granted. And this maybe makes you think, huh, what would it be like if it wasn't like that? Well, I'm a man of color. So <laughs> I, I've been aware that, you know, that power was only for a certain group. Yeah. And I was not a allowed or, or, or privileged. So I, I've been aware of it. And then, and then you become, and I am a feminist, you know, and, you know, I have a daughter and a wife and, and, and a mother and I, and my mom fought really hard to be a Latin woman that had to, in a bank trying to get power and, you know, being kept down. And, you know, and I have a daughter who I want her to be safe wherever she goes and to be able to achieve as much as my son. I want that for my daughter, you know, and that that's the modern man. And that's the modern world that I want to live in. And this show is a parable of that. And you can, you can, it plays out in this show, but it's really what we want in that, what I want in, in the world, you know, women to have equal power to men and people of color. And, and like, like Tony was saying, inclusive of everyone, because that's the better world that we get the best out of everybody. If everybody's included. Yeah. And this show also, and the book as well, it takes a very global look at this issue as well. Like it's not American centric, which I think is actually what makes it partly so powerful. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we watched this uh, like sizzle reel, a little trailer they cut together when we were shooting. It was so moving to just see so many different female characters with different perspectives and different experiences and, you know, different upbringings. It was just, um, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. It literally gave yeah, us goosebumps. It made me tear up. Yeah. Me tear up. Uh, it's important. We all need to be seen. We all need to be heard. We all need to be understood. And this show just really achieves 
many of those things. Mm. The sequence in Saudi Arabia in particular, where you see women oh, taking to the streets, storming through. I defy anyone not to well up during that moment. Like there's something, it's, it's elating. So yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're so right. You're a sensitive Sigma male. Look at you. <laughs> well, I mean, I like to think so. But, so uh, but, but, what, but interesting about this, though, like, so it's a story like written by a woman, told through female perspectives, but it's not as cut and dried as, hey, look, wouldn't the world be a better place if women were in charge, right? Like, it's very much more nuanced than that. And it pretty much falls on the side, certainly to me, that power will fucking corrupt pretty much anyone who wields yeah. it, right? I mean, do you think that's cynical? Do you think that's pretty close to the mark? I think it's, I think it's cynical because from, from, from my perspective, my character's perspective, I think it actually brings about such an incredible sense of hope, right? Uh, and it actually empowers some people who've never had power within themselves. I think that's a beautiful thing and it's essential. But, um, you know, like men, some women will use power in the wrong way, in, you know, in an abusive way, in a damaging way. That's just inevitable. And for power to exist, it inherently has an opposite. So there's always going to be light and dark. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a story about women taking over the world. And I don't think it's a story about power corrupting people. I think it really is a story about the potential of real equality. And that's the most exciting mm -hmm. thing to me. But I like, but I like the nuance of it too, though, that <clears throat> the way the writers wrote it and Naomi created it, that power does corrupt. Yes. And, I mean, and, and it brings out the, the best of some and people. And sometimes the worst. And sometimes the worst. And, and women, or, or minorities or vulnerable people who have power can also be corrupted. Some, but but you're right. I mean, the, the beauty it's of it is idiosyncratic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not, there's no blanket. You can't yeah, yeah. Generalize but, any of it. Yeah, that's what's which great is about great it. in the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not so black and white. It's kind of in the gray zone. But there's also that sense of cycles of violence, isn't there? Right, the way when someone's been underneath and then when they're on top, there's still that sense of you know, there's a sense of a vendetta to it, right? That you see in certainly the Saudi Arabian sequence. Uh, there's a, a a saying that I heard recently in Star Wars, but that's neither here nor there. The axe forgets, the tree remembers, which I thought was a lovely kind of way of looking at that. Wow. That is cool. I don't no, remember that line. No, I remember that ever. Yeah, it's an Andor. Dead. Yeah, yeah. You need to get a life. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is absolutely true. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think, I think, with, I'm with Tony on that. I, I don't really believe that if you have power and you've been down, that you have to seek vengeance. I mean, I, I'm a Latin man in America, and I want equality for my people. And and us having equality doesn't mean that we then we have to subjugate white people. You know, yeah. what I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's. I want I I'm, I want my wife is white so and she's Jewish and I want them to have my daughter my and my white wife to have equal a woman uh, coming into her own self self of power is something to be celebrated. Yeah. It's not to detract from those who already have right, power. Right, right. It shouldn't be. A it's not about taking away power no, just because you have power. Equality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's power oh. to go around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like some Hollywood people believe like I can't make it unless I knock somebody down. Mm. And it's not the way. I mean, if we if we build everybody up, it makes us even better. Yeah. No, I agree we completely. Are we are yeah, yeah, one. We are That's one. the thing, you know. We're one. We are we're one. one. We're feeling one now. Uh, yeah, feeling one with all yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I read, uh, read an interview with Naomi Alderman where she was talking about where this came from. Obviously, a lot of it was influenced by Margaret Atwood, but she talked about her upbringing uh, in, uh, she went to an Orthodox Jewish school, and she said, like, there's a, a, a sort of daily blessing from the Talmud where men thank God for not making them a woman. And she said that really stuck with her as something that's, like, that's she was just like, that. that is fucked up and i obviously you know back this is back in the 80s the world was a slightly different place then i mean I, do you guys feel we've made significant progress since then there has been progress but there's more to come yeah, yeah. 
No doubt. No yeah. doubt. I mean, we're in a much better place. I mean, we had our first woman uh, uh, candidate for president, you know, Hillary Clinton, and then uh, first vice president, uh, female vice president. I mean, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there, you know, uh, but still a long way to go. Do you feel like we're accelerating or regressing? Because it sometimes feels like it's two steps forward, one step back. Like we get the first, you know, black American president and then we get like a white supremacist. It feels like there's yeah. a, you know? I do. I think it is a bit like that. I, th- I think light cannot exist without darkness. There must be shadow <laughs> for light to exist, right? So, so true. And vice versa. Preach, so, mama, preach. <laughs> uh, I think, but the wonderful thing is, Life is change. It will just keep changing, right? It's inevitable. So it's not going to stay the way it is. Yeah, but I mean, maybe the dark, like, you know, we had Obama, then we had Trump. Maybe Trump Trump gave us Biden. I I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, something better came after yeah. Trump. I think Biden's been more successful than any other president in a long, long time. I may be alone in that thought. <laughs> but I'm, I'm strong to it. Well, we'll wait and see what happens in the next election, and then I guess we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a read on it then. <laughs> yeah, God help us. <laughs> well, exactly. I didn't believe. I mean, one thing that struck out for me uh, in this particular show was Rob and Margot's relationship, right? There's a real kind of emotional honesty, I thought, to that, and emotional intelligence to it. You know, the way they interact, the affection they have with each other, but also the way they kind of support each other. And there's a, there's a scene involving uh, a mother-in-law's pottery pigeon, which felt so real and so... Absolutely authentic. And I wonder whether that was something that stood out to you guys from the script and whether you think that that's actually quite rare in dramatization. We actually have been talking yeah. about that. I think uh, the relationship is so incredibly true. And that, so that's real. what made it so easy yeah, yeah. to play because the writing was very real. Um, it was it was just so um, identifiable and it's so idiosyncratic and it slips around and changes so quickly and there's so much uh, there's so much at stake and there's so much change and uh, I mean Rob was so easy to work with he's incredibly open incredibly present and that's all you can ask for when you're doing scenes like that as well it is very very intimate and you know we've talked about how global the story is and I think our particular part our strain within it is a real opportunity to kind of look at it in that, those kind of smaller yeah yeah and low no less significant di- um domestic kind of structures so yeah. yeah I mean I think you said it brilliantly like, the emotional intelligence that they put mm. into these scenes I've never had scenes like this where it really gets granular you know what i mean and it stays so natural and real but yet you know there's so much bigger things going on with you know the the global aspects of the movie and 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 women having the power nuclear blast coming out of their hands and yet these two are dealing with the power dynamics in the relationship what am i going to wear i don't want to go to that, <laughs> that 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 power meeting of yours why do i have to go i mean the, the shit that we all really deal with I, maybe it's uh, all females writers room that's definitely an argument for that i think yeah i think so yeah definitely I got it <laughs> amazing well thank you so much guys it's been an absolute pleasure no no so, uh, really my, so you were great thanks man take it easy doing this i think there's a big future for you in it yeah <laughs> thanks i'll tell my mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, that was Tony Collette and John Legazamo. I think it's time now to have some news. And I suppose we should probably get into the BAFTAs. Boy, does the man, let's be honest, responsible for this. Uh, 
What can you tell us about the BAFTA nominations? Well, all I can, I'm not responsible, but I was on one of the juries. You're not allowed to say uh, what BAFTA jury you're on if you do take part in one until the day of the event. Really? Yeah. It's, is this is this secret. so you like people don't like take mm. a hit on you? Exactly. Yeah. Pew, pew. Yeah. yeah. For my own protection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the big, I would say, the headline news is the most nominated shows are well, This Is Going to Hurt and The Responder, mm-hmm. both with six each, which is interesting because they're both you know about great British institutions. Uh, the NHS this is going to hurt and the police force with the responder and they're both they've got quite a lot in common they're both like about maverick um, examples of those you know maverick doctor Ma- maverick policeman in the case of the responder and and, and and they're both fantastic absolutely brilliant shows So and BBC shows BBC One shows I've got a small issue with that go on you haven't seen either of them no I've seen uh, I haven't seen the, all of the responder um, Ambika Mod wasn't wasn't no. shortlisted, and I think that's yeah, that is shocking. that's shocking. You're right. Yeah, no, that is is shocking. I was shocked about that mm. completely. Shruti. Um, then sec- second to those with five nominations each are Bad Sisters, The Crown, which I was quite surprised about actually, because I think that last series had mixed was mm. mixed. Um, the English, which I love, and Slow Horses, which we all love, uh, followed by Am I Being Unreasonable, Big Boys, Somewhere Boy, and Top Boy, all received four. That's three boy shows. I'm so Sexism. happy about Big Boys. <laughs> well, that is. Yeah. The other news is I'm going to go, we'll go into some categories a bit, even though James thinks it's boring. Um, <laughs> uh, but the other news was announced the same day that who's hosting it? Do you know who's hosting it, Kay? Yes. Ramesh Ranganathan and Rob Beckett. James, they are two comedians that you yeah. probably haven't heard of, but you no. should know yeah. about. Heat, Kay and Boyd favourites. Yes. Ramesh Ranganathan and Rob Beckett hosting, which is a really good move because you need comedians. I always say award shows have to be hosted by comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, in all, with all due respect, to um, the host of the BAFTA Film Awards, Richard E. Grant, who's a wonderful actor, brilliant man. Did you? I don't know if you watched the Film Awards. I absolutely I mean, did even not. It's supposed to be a film. <laughs> supposed to be being the operative Empire, phrase. <laughs> Empire. You know. He's too busy watching the West yeah, Wing. I was watching the West <laughs> Wing, hundred percent. Right. Yes, sure. but it didn't really work because he was really nervous because he's an actor. He's not a presenter. He's not a mm-hmm. comedian, and he was given kind of you know some semi lame jokes oh, to do it was all a bit awkward and you know he was literally I really felt sorry for him he was, he was literally like hand was shaking Aww. when he had a list so and they had Alison Hammond but she was stuck backstage that, wasn't she yeah Alison Hammond was misused it was mm. all a bit unfortunate Stephen Fry was great Stephen Fry of course was great yeah Graham Norton's great and she just had funny people you know so they've done the right thing Rob Beckett Ramesh Ranganathan brilliant hosts uh, it's going to be on uh, 14th of May on BBC One and they've got a new sponsor as well Kay P&O Cruises <laughs> Ooh, does that yeah. mean does that mean you're off on a cruise, boy? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, I hope that every single person who's in a BAFTA jury gets rewarded Seems with a cruise fair. to I don't know yeah. um, Australia or wherever. You know. Thank you for that, Boyd. We turn now to Joe Barton, who will be uh, <laughs> telling us which among these nominees are massive C units. Yeah, um, but just to get into some specifics, uh, the big one. Let's just do some big ones, uh, James. Uh, it won't take too long. Drama series. Bad Sisters, yes. brilliant. Yes. The Responder, brilliant. Sherwood, brilliant. Somewhere Boy, really good, brilliant as well. I want Bad Sisters. Okay. I think I want Sherwood. Maybe The Responder. James, any thoughts? And or. Um, <laughs> Take it. Miniseries, A Spy Among Friends, Mood, The Thief, His Wife and The Canoe, ITV. And This Is Going to Hurt. This is Going to Hurt. Yeah, I think so. Um, international. International is interesting. The Bear. Yes. Dharma, Monster, The Jeffrey Dharma Story, which is controversial. Wednesday, we talked about being the second biggest hit in Netflix history. Usekin, which I think is a mm. is a yeah, is a French show. I think it's a French show. Yeah. I, have to, I haven't seen. Itinerary. Pachinko, which we which yep. we yep. liked on this show. And 
The White Lotus. And where's Andor? Ooh, okay. I want White Lotus or the bear. Yeah, I think it's between those two. But where's Andor? Which should have been in that category. Lead actress, Billy Piper. I hate Susie too. Imelda Staunton, The Crown. Kate Winslet, I am Ruth. Maxine Peake, Anne. Sarah Lancashire, Julia. Oh. Happy Va- no, yeah, Happy Valley. Oh, Happy Billy's Valley got doesn't. It. The, I was about no. to say it doesn't fall into the. Billy's got it in the bag. Yeah. But she's. That, I'm really pleased with that because Julia yeah. is a brilliant thing where she played the, the yeah. legendary American cook. It was good. I liked yeah. her. Happy Valley be next year, right? Happy Valley be next yeah. year. It will. It will dominate next year. And Vicky McClure in ITV's Without Sin, ITVX's Without Sin, in fact. And now, what's interesting for me is that that's a. They, these are big, huge blockbuster actresses in that category. Similarly, in leading actor, it's a huge, big... Like, listen to this list. Ben Whishaw, this is going Ooh, to yeah. her. Chasky Spencer, The English. Yes. Killian Murphy, Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, Slow Horses. Hmm. Martin Freeman, The Responder. And Taron Egerton for Blackbird. Yeah. Giants of the How acting world. How do you decide? World. How do you yeah. fucking decide between that? If film? only we had a jury member here on the podcast who could yeah. shed some light yeah. on the process. So who knows? <laughs> who knows what jury I was on? It's a mystery. Um... There's lots of supporting actors and supporting cast and performances in comedy shows. But as you say, Ambika Mod extraordinarily left out. I mean, that is our age. I wonder if she was in the running. This is what might have happened. I don't know this for a fact at all. She might have been in the main performance category in Best Actress, Leading Actress, because she kind of was the female lead in that show, if there was one. And I wonder whether she, she lost supporting. out to that extraordinary list. Yeah. That's my feeling, might, what might have happened. Uh, I, I don't care what's happened. I'm just outraged it has yeah, happened. Yeah, fair enough. Any other categories you want me to talk through, or, or, or are you over it now, James? Oh, oh, please talk through best entertainment performance. No, don't, don't do that. Oh, I quickly say the writers, the scripted comedy. Am I being unreasonable? Big Boys, Dairy Girls, and Ghosts is a really good list. That is really strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I don't know who I'd want then. Oh, actually, I, I want Big Boys. Single drama, I Am Ruth, which was uh, brilliant. The House, Netflix, Life and Death in the Warehouse. I hope I Am Ruth. I mean, the, Kate Winslet and I Am Ruth were. Giant, gigantic, incredibly. Is that the one with her viewing. daughter as well? Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, so yeah, there we are. That, those are the main, I would say, the main categories, James. Well, okay. After goodness, we will find out <laughs> a goodness. who won and b what particular category Boyd mm. ruined uh, near the time. Mm. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, here's a thing that happened: Vigil has resurfaced. Yes. It has, like a submarine, come back and burst for <laughs> breached from the waves, wow. except it's not going to be about a submarine, and yet it's still called Vigil, named after the submarine. So that's maybe very, That's a very James reaction. <laughs> yeah. No, I was very news. pleased. I didn't think it would come back. I'm very pleased it came back. I really enjoyed it, but was surprised that when I, when I, when I put forth this opinion on the social medias, people were like, eh, I didn't like it. It got rubbish. Mm. Don't know why they were from the north. They weren't in particular, but but you know that people people didn't uh, didn't 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 seem thrilled as thrilled as I was. I've yet to see it. Do you think oh I like God, it? Really? Yeah, I know. Oh wow! I don't know what happened there. It's very no. good. It's really uh, good. Yeah, it's really really interesting, really fun, really exciting. Yeah, and there's new cast members. Um, that's what they've announced. So joining. Uh, Saran Jones and Rose Leslie from the last series. This is a world production show as well. Um, and they've got Romola Garay and mm-hmm. Dougray Scott joining the cast. Both top-level thesps, I'm saying. Following multiple unexplained fatalities to Scottish military facility, this is the new storyline, Silver and Longacre, uh, Saran and Rose, are tasked with uncovering the cause, entering the hostile and closed ranks of the Air Force. So they've gone from under sea to up in the air. See what they've done there? I do see what they've done there. Yeah. Um, the pair must face a deadly warfare of tomorrow as they fight for their own future. Mm. Mm. It's going to be good. 
I'm excited. I am excited. But obviously it's taking a simple premise, which is like claustrophobic detective gets put on submarine, which is like, it's a lovely little concept. Mm. And now presumably she's also afraid of heights. So they yes. can put on a plane. Yeah. She's not like that either. Yeah, probably yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I've got the real news of the week. Oh, God. Which is that Disney Plus have announced the stellar cast oh, yeah, this of is the much-anticipated eight-part series, Rivals, which, James, as you all well know, is based on the famous novel by Jilly Cooper. I know you've, I know you've got a well-thumbed edition at home. I thought this was going to be like MasterChef The Rivals or some no. kind of reality thing. No, no, Did no. I get the name of that right? Is that a thing? It's what? a thing. Anyway, no. the lineup includes Danny Dyer. Oh, it's Dave... Pop Stars The Rivals. That's the Pop thing I'm confusing Rivals, it with, isn't yeah. it? It's oh, definitely sorry. not MasterChef The Rivals. <laughs> I'm so, did I get that right? It's quite a good idea. Maybe they should be. MasterChef The yeah. Rivals. MasterChef The Professionals. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. It's all very confusing. Carry on, Kay. David Tennant. Yes. Emily Atak. Lisa McGrillis. And Rufus Jones. And Alex Hassel as the dashing ex-Olympian, ruthless Tory MP, Rupert this Campbell is a, Black. This is a sex book, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this will be a sex show. As if you haven't read <laughs> the book. This will be a sex show. Well, it's, wow. Jilly Cooper is famous, yeah. I would say, for... for oh, there will be nudiness, yeah. 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 There'll, mm. be, well, there'll be rollicking around in, in uh, stables yeah. and, and such, yeah. Yeah, frolicking and rollicking, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all but going it's, on. It's a really, I, thought, I, I have to say, I thought that was a brilliant cast. Yeah. Because it kind of mixes, in quite heavy quotes here, because I know Danny Dye is a proper actor. I've seen him on stage, in fact. Doing he is a play. proper... Don't even go down that road. No, I'm not, but he's regarded. He could, he could be regarded by people like James. <laughs> As, you know, oh, yeah, twats kind of, will see him as like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's a working class. But then you've got David Tennant, you know, kind of a more, you know, traditionally highbrow, you know, thespian who does this, that, and that. You know, I'm just talking about the way, I'm talking about the reality, but I think that's a really good cost, mixing up all different kinds of backgrounds, yeah. etc. I think it's 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 cl- very clever. Very, very I can't clever. wait to see it. Because it's going to draw in loads of different people except James. <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, it's not trying to draw in people like James. <laughs> Thank you. I think, you? It I think I trying think... to draw in fans of good television. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> right. I, I see, see what just happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, for MasterChef The Rivals, uh, I look forward to that. That'd be good. Uh, Better news than that, though, is Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Kay's favourite show of last year, has announced three new cast members. Tanya Moody, Rory Kinnear, who is presumably playing every role, and, uh, and Kieran Hines. Who's Tanya Moody? I recognise her name. She's Ta- brilliant. She's in... Um, uh, Sex Education. No. No, she's in... I think we, what you mean to say, buddy, she's in A Discovery of Witches, which is clearly the <laughs> no. best thing on her CV. no. Um, not Parenthood, you know... The, Motherland. Uh, Motherland. Yes. <laughs> that's my brain. That's how my brain working. Motherland. Uh, she's the neighbour. She's oh, oh, on right, the other right, side right. of the street. Neighbor. She was also in The Rise of Skywalker, but With we don't talk about issues. that. She has drinking issues. Yeah. Remember? She's yeah, in right. the show. In the yeah, show, in the show, Motherland. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. And Rory Kinnear, who is every role in Men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, so... Yes. Uh, and Kieran Hines. So, exciting stuff. You'd be happy to see them presumably taking some form of public transportation, Kay, because as you know, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of the Lord. <laughs> Cannot wait. Oh, that's right. I forget that you were a ring hater. I'm not a hater. You <laughs> were a hater. fine. You were a hater. You not... were all snooty about it. In the, wow. like, you oh, accused... I know. Snooty. Can, I, can, yeah. I, can I say something? <laughs> yeah. James accusing you of being snooty yes. is like... Yes, ridiculous. yes, that's Pop right. Kettle. I'm accusing Boyd of snootiness. I think you came to The Lord of the Rings yes. like I came to every ITV show we've ever reviewed yeah, and really. you were like... Huh. I would say out of the two of you, James is more of a snooty McBeezy. <gasps> yes. yes. That wounds yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Wounds me. Deeply, I hope. It does. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Lord of the Rings is absolutely fine. It's just not, you know. 
Just not Fine. peak TV, is that right? For no, absolutely not, no. no. <laughs> just unsophisticated, isn't it? It's a bit broad. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I mean, look at all people's, generally, like critics' list of the best of, of 2022. It was nowhere near on anyone, apart well, from probably yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was really good. Don't know what to tell you. Fair enough. Fine. When will we see, James, season two of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of the Lord? I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't have any information for you. Is that invested? Yeah. I mean, do you really want me to spend the time Googling it? No, because that's what it would require. Would at your fingertips at all no, times. That's kind of information. I don't know. Well, they have was, said yeah, that on. The Last of Us is probably not returning to the beginning of 2024. I mean, wow. so got a little bit of a wait for that. Sorry, Case. It gives you time to catch up. But uh, yeah, be, I should be a little definitely while. be doing that. Uh, yeah, or did uh, beginning of twenty four, or was it beginning of twenty five? I can't remember. Oh God, no. So actually, sure. what I'm doing is I'm bringing you news, and I don't even remember what the news yeah. is. I think, I think you mean twenty five. Actually, I mean twenty five. I might mean twenty five. They haven't filmed it yet. Yeah, right? I think I mean the beginning Have of twenty five. Written it yet? Maybe they're, well, they're writing at the moment. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Oh, it's We're definitely going to be twenty five then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I actually just gave you fake news. Sorry about that. By then, Kay, we'll have, you know, 2,200 subscribers <laughs> and we'll have probably, hopefully, have had some cake. Who knows? Cake, I mean, more yeah, reviews, yeah. more subscribers. Yeah. I'll tell you what show I'm really excited about that was teased mm. at the Series Mania Festival this week, um, which is a kind of European thing in Lille, France. That I was once invited mm. to and had bon. to turn down because I was doing something else. It's a big, it's a big TV festival. Is They've teased Lupin Part 3. And it's a reminder to me that Lupin is one of my favourites of all Netflix shows. It's such a fantastic show. Uh, I watched one episode. Okay, it's not in English. Surely you are contractually obliged to <laughs> yeah, watch Lupin. You of all people yeah. should be backing. You are a fraud. Don't make me regret Lupin. this. A fraud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what coming on this podcast? I think that ship has sailed. What I enjoyed, yeah, I mean that's definitely sailed. What I enjoyed about the there's a variety report right about this series mania festival. Netflix teases Lupin Part Three, and in the report right it goes on about how the strict security due to the exclusive nature of the clip, security was extremely strict at the session, with French guards shouting at delegates, including journalists to put away laptops and phones, making any reporting of this session virtually impossible. Oh my, <laughs> not just Pasek, Ag, from the Variety Reporter on this Yeah, fair event. enough. Although, to be fair, old school paper and pen. Well, yeah, and also, any anyone who's used to going to like a film screening or these days, you, call, you, get, and you, you can't use your phones or your laptops. You have to put them away, don't you? No, but this is, not, this is different, right? Because they're, they're reporting on news and they're, they're you know, know, so they have but... to be able to like... Document it in some I know, way. But you just have to. You just have I, to I have to be said. I went to. Uh, I think it's called. Is it Cinema Con? It used to be Cine Expo. Anyway, it was a big. Uh, it's a big sort of trade event, and I had been flown out there to cover it. And a security guard kept yelling at me for getting my laptop out. And when people were talking, like they're doing <laughs> presentations, yeah. I was like, "You do understand? I've been flown out here to cover this. I cannot cover it if I cannot use my laptop. I don't know what you want to do." He got really stroppy with me and said he was going to take. Do you my know shorthand? Away. Uh, T-line shorthand I did actually do it as part of my uh, journalism post-grad <laughs> exactly but and also you I know how to write it. words so next time they do that <laughs> I mean, do I that... have you read my writing <laughs> where so was this time... guard shouting at you where, where does this take place this event uh, it was in Vegas oh okay oh, wow. not, so probably not the same ones that were shouting no at probably not the same ones in Lille <laughs> no, but I like the, the, like the report you got it though yeah. anyway there we go okay super uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other news <laughs> Boyd's going to choke to death. That is my James's, <laughs> James's transition. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. Okay. It's because, I, because I'm unprepared. I'm just winging it. Yeah. yeah. I do like this version of you, though. What, this slightly chaotic, yeah. don't really know what... Yeah. Anything could happen next. I don't even know what we're reviewing at this point. I've got no notes. That's so we brilliant. just, you know, wake well, it up. 
think we're awesome. done with news. Yeah, I think we're so. done with news. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne's going to be in the Day of the Jackal remake on Sky. Well, we're not it's... done with news. <laughs> no. We're back on news. Uh, I mean, that was, I was interested in that, you know. I think Big something else big happened news-wise, but I don't remember what it is. I appreciate that's maybe not the most helpful thing I've ever said, but, you Make know. Make sure you keep that in. <laughs> what, something edit. happened, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think oh, was... oh, oh, yes, I've remembered yeah. it. A few things have come to mind. The Daniels... Oh, yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Daniels yeah. are going to uh, direct Star Wars Skeleton Crew episode, which is very, very exciting, which okay. is one of the new upcoming Star Wars okay. shows, which we'll hear more about at Star Wars Celebration, which is in a couple of weeks. And the laptop's oh, away. <laughs> laptop's away. Yes, yeah. indeed that. And the other thing was, the other thing was, mm-hmm. Stephen Knight is writing a Star Wars. Oh, that's the, sh- oh my God, that's the story I was going to talk about. That what? is a film, st- film Even news. though you just said we've done with news. Yeah. <laughs> That's the film news, but it's really but I'm stealing from the Empire podcast because it's also TV news, really, because Stephen Knight is mostly known as a TV writer. Yeah. But he has got, right, at least, I think, three other projects that I'm aware of on the go, TV projects that he's writing for various people, um, including, like, Series 2 of Taboo um, and various, like, the, the film of Peaky Blinders, right? And I think two other brand-new shows that he's doing for various different people, Series 2 of SAS, Rogue Heroes. Yep. And now he's writing a fucking Star Wars film. He is fucking prolific. <laughs> and I actually raised this point with him uh, when I when I did uh, on-stage Q&A with him. I'm not, I didn't raise it on-stage, I, I, at the bar afterwards. And he literally was chuckling away himself at how how much he's got to work on, how much work he's got to do, how many things he's writing. <laughs> he was like, nervous yeah, laughter. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm really excited about the idea of a Stephen Knight. Oh, so am I. Thing. I mean, as, and of course, I didn't even mention C. <laughs> he must be relieved that C's gone. No, I refuse to believe. I think we all know that that is his true calling. And I, I'm, yeah. I, I, a lot, I await the movie spin-off of C. Right, yeah. Course, yeah, yeah. In fact, that was exactly the news I was alluding to at the beginning of the podcast. Thank God you remembered. Thank God, indeed. Yeah. Right, I, that was news. I think. Okay. No, t- I was just going to comment on I, me loving Boyd's shirt today. Boyd is wearing a Carhartt shirt, I'm, I'm and this is throwing it, yeah. me too because it is not a supreme shirt. No, no it's not it's, a collab. It's a kind of oatmeal color, and it looks really mm. good on him. Nice. It's, a, it's an oatmeal corduroy shirt. Mm. Correct. Yeah, digging it. it. Yeah. Cool. That much. is now very much the end of news. <laughs> what our last bit of news is what Boyd is wearing yeah okay great new segment yeah it's good uh, should we move on to the slightly chaotic review section mm-hmm. okay let's begin Obvious. with I think possibly Succession that seems like a decent place to start this is the Google's fourth and final season of the Jesse Armstrong show which is about the Roys and stuff happens there was a <laughs> bore it was on the floor I don't know the plot of this. Also, I haven't watched this episode, crucially, because it was not given to me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let you guys decide something here. So, I think if it's a multiple choice thing. Was Now, I was not given the episode. Mm. Was it A, mm. PR fuckery, they didn't give it to me? Yeah. Was it B, I forgot all about it and didn't ask for it? Mm. Or was it C, I asked Kay to get it for me and she <laughs> absolutely failed on every level? <laughs> So was it A, B, or indeed C? Wait, what do you think it was? I'm just judging from the tonal tonality of his voice. Yeah. In which he expressed those three options. And somehow I've drawn to C. I don't know why. It was just something in the aggressive nature of the okay. delivery. I would go so for... He's blaming it all on you. Shall I tell you what I'm going to go, go for? D. Yeah. Which is that James asked me, as his personal secretary, to get him the screener. Yeah. And while chasing it for myself, I did say, could this also be da- added to James's list? Yet they 
weirdly <laughs> just gave it to me and chose to ignore James. Now, mm. is it that part D <laughs> is that they know that James is a succession twat, mm. doesn't like it, probably yeah. the only person in the world yeah. other than what's that guy who complained about us? That guy. And, um, <laughs> and then they just didn't want to provide it to him. But mm. I did, I'll send you the email. I did request it for you. So yeah. I accept your apology. D it is then. Uh, <laughs> all right, Boydie, tell us, is this yeah. very exciting or is it a bore on the, I don't know, whatever. You, you like The one thing you do know about I know, is the bore on the, the floor, on the floor, floor. Episode, That's is, the only thing I know yeah, about the show. <laughs> to be fair, one of the one of the all-time great sequences in, in, West, in West Wing, in succession history, where, um, where Logan Roy, played by Brian Cox, forces his underlings and family members and business colleagues to take place in this extraordinary that crawl around on the floor like a pig. And it is kind of the ultimate example of his, yeah, of his, of his wanton cruelty mm. and how much he does like. He gets off on humiliating not only his kids, betraying his kids, kind of abusing his kids in various ways and, and his associates and underlings and all of that. And that is very much to the fore in the first... So I've lucky enough to seen the four episodes of the new series. Um, and to, to, to answer your question as to where are we uh, storyline-wise, I, I, it's not made specifically clear, specifically, it's not made specifically <laughs> clear how much time has passed. A significant time has passed between the end of the previous series, series three, and this one. Right. And generally, what the, the situation we're in is Logan Roy, played by Brian Cox, is about literally about to sell the company to this Scandinavian tech guy. And he's like a trendy guy. And he's basically, Logan Roy has betrayed his three kids, the three kids um, that, that, are, that were interested in taking over the company for him. And they were all rivaling themselves to succeed him. Kendall, Shiv, and Roman. Because there's the other kids, played by Alan Ruck Connor. He's not interested in taking over the company always. So he's the kind of side, he's the side project. Because he's interested in becoming he's the president. He's interested in becoming president of the United States. <laughs> is he exactly. the top pancake? Is that, is that a thing? What's the top pancake? I don't the know. Eldest. It's 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 a thing that I'd heard and I thought applied to him in succession, but I, oh. I fear I may have gone horribly wrong by the way you're both looking at me. Oh, uh, maybe. I've probably just forgotten what Okay, great. Is. Carry on. Anyway, he's there as, as, the, as the side issue. Um, uh, he, uh, and he's, it's about to, he's about to marry his girlfriend, Willa, who started out as a, as a sex worker, famously, um, and has moved on in the world. So... Now, at this moment in time, those three kids are kind of estranged from, from their dad. Um, and they're kind of plotting together their future. They're trying to create their own new media business. And they also, in the very first episode, it's almost like a little film within itself, within the series, because it's a kind of race to acquire another company that was always there, kind of mentioned throughout the series. Uh, another huge big media company, kind of old school media company. And they decide together they could try and snatch it away from Logan, who's trying to buy that in the build-up to selling the whole company, like to get even more, more money for himself, basically. Mm. And this first episode is a brilliant, I thought, kind of like this race, who's going to win in this competition. It's kind of like a mini, little mini story, a little mini narrative. Yeah. It's called, the episode's called One Hour. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's yes. the tension within precisely one hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a, a, an incredible triumph of its own. How brilliant this first episode is! Is, is this kind of extraordinary story, which which not only sets the scene of now the three kids battling with their dad, but also you've got you know you've got the you've got the fact that Matthew McFadden's character married to Sarah Sukskoda betrayed her at the end of the last series. That was the big betrayal, the big shock twist that she realised that he'd been working with Logan all along, or certainly in recent times, and now he's kind of like Logan's. 
kind of sidekick kind of mm-hmm. figure. But equally, like Logan has disdain for him as much as ever. And but he's fantastic. Matthew McFadden. Oh my god, the just the way he his the facial expressions and the way he deals with people is so oily mm. and creepy and yet kind obsequious. of obsequious and yet kind of there's something but yet he's I feel like he's really very very intelligent and clever and smart but he's kind of, you're you're like, <laughs> we see and manipulative but also on the verge of completely losing everything you do well, feel sorry for him at times yeah. and I think the whole Shiv Tom strand this time around is so interesting the yeah. power, power dynamics Completely. and um, I don't know if you mentioned it's actually Logan's birthday as well in this yes, you know, Logan's 80th birthday yes yeah. that's right sorry yeah so that because most of the big episodes of, of this show all the almost every episode is a big event a big social event or business event or something so this one revolves around Logan's 80th birthday party and he is he is like in a fury at this event he's and because because what's really interesting is I think is that this? I think this final season it's gearing up to look at the biggest questions of all. This isn't just a, a thing about you know a succession plan and a business. It's not just a satire on big business and who controls the media and politics and what that. It is all of that, but it's also about is there any humanity left in these people? But him, he is walking through his own 80th birthday party, which his estranged kids aren't at. And he's fucking pissed off with everyone. Yeah, rats but, and little piggies. Rats and little piggies. <laughs> and he's calling everyone cunts, left, right and centre. <laughs> and he's got his young girlfriend, personal assistant. He's got Matthew McFadden, but he hasn't got any of his actual kids, you know. And it's like, and there's an emptiness mm. to it. He goes for dinner with his bodyguard. I thought, yeah. such a brilliant scene. And they start talking about, you know, is there life after death? Is there a God? Like, it's it's incredible. And I just feel this is is, is addressing the big, big idea of like, can you, is there any humanity left in these people, in him particularly? Because the kids now hate him as well. Can they get over their hatred of him and him betraying them and then betraying... And all the betrayals that have happened over the last three seasons, they're all there, brought to the fore. And it's so it's so magnificently interesting and, I can use the word, deep, with a slightly lame description of it. But do you know what I mean? It's about it's about our essential humanity. And whether you... And I know you famously, of course, the reason why, I guess, you don't really like this show is because it's about self-entitled, horrible people. They're balanced. They're and there's all no balanced. one to root for, etc. Mm. all of that. But what is, what is so incredible about it is how brilliantly riveting and enthralling and entertaining it is, despite the fact that, you're, that, that they're all, they are all bellends. But it's, is there humanity to the bellendery that I think he's getting at, Jesse Armstrong, the creator and lead writer of the show in this series? And these first four episodes, the way they deal with these big questions and big ideas is so incredible. And it really annoys me <laughs> that you're not into it because, do you know what? what it, I think it's the, it's, it's the only show that is as close to the West Wing, your favourite of favourites See of all time. Because, no, but forget the, <laughs> the likability factor and the bellend factor. Obviously, the West Wing, there's loads of likeable characters. Everyone in it is people you want to be friends with. Uh, yeah. But, but you but can't you, watch sh- just watch shows that you well, want to be course. friends with. And we've, we've addressed this issue before. <laughs> it's not about people characters being likeable. No. It's, you know... But what I think is even more annoying, I accept that they're not as likeable and lovable as, as the West Wing. And I accept that you may find difficult truth for someone. But just the whole world of this show is so incredibly funny and entertaining. And every line is so brilliantly written mm. like the West Wing. This is... Jesse Armstrong is our Aaron Sorkin, basically. His team that, and his team that writes this show, every scene is working at this peak level of wit and smartness and cleverness 
and, and and just incredibly compelling at the same time. And for you to miss out, it really pains me, genuinely. I'm sorry. Because it, it, oh, I think you'd love like it. This. I think I think you'd absolutely love You've it. You've broken Bordeaux. But you, got, you just need to get over. Well, see, see, you say this, but like you, I remember you saying to me, you said, you said, James, you just got to get past the fifth episode for season one. You just get past the fifth episode. <laughs> I watched six episodes of season one before stopping. I watched the first episode of season two. I've watched the first episode of season three. So it's not like I've not given it a go because I am aware that it's. The failing is mine here. But it's that double whammy of they're all bell ends, so I have no one to root for and I have no access point to the narrative. But also, it is hinged around cringe humour. And it may not be overt slapstick cringe humour, it's bone-dry cringe humour, but it is cringe humour. And so you've got two things that I really struggle with working together to defeat me. And I think that's where I come undone with this. Yeah. I mean, okay. But it's just a shame because... It is. It is a shame. Yeah. I have tried. <laughs> Perhaps yeah. there is yeah, someone out tried, there who can get me into this. Do you want to try again? Yeah. Do I want to try again? Uh, no. I think if it, I think you need to watch the finale maybe of season one. You think? Yeah. I just try it, you know, because that's going to set you up for lots of things that happen again. It's just so difficult to watch. And the thing is, do you not remember? Like, I, I tried to explore why I didn't like it. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got what, to the... with a therapist? S- <laughs> yes, I yeah. sat down with a therapist. Please. Why don't I like Succession? But I watched the first episode of season three and it wasn't until that one that I, it clicked why I was having so much difficulty because the, uh, the Kendall scenes there are so unspeakably cringe where he's got his media agency and he's talking to them about his social profile and whatnot and I was like this is what it is it causes me physical pain the level can of vicarious you, can embarrassment can you imagine if he watched the birthday episode well yeah, I this mean, right. so my friend Shyman is just absolutely peaking at like 100% and it just destroys me I can't okay, do it okay I'll give up you don't want to <laughs> I give up. You're right. It's not, but you know, you've got because I was thinking of yeah, Greg. You've got cousin Greg, who I did, forgot to mention, who has a scene in the first episode where he does something incredibly stupid. Everyone just remember and, the word rummage. Yeah, and Matthew McFadden <laughs> and Tom Matthew McFadden's character advises him to do something, which results oh. in a brilliantly James, cringe, your your toes bend backwards, curling so Yeah, but, but but I'll finish what my my uh, my review by saying that. This is a show that's always built around these huge big confrontations between the core family members. And the one, and, and they're so exciting and enthralling because he keeps them away. He keeps Logan away from the three, you know, from his three kids for a lot of the time in these episodes that I've watched. And so when they do come together, it's like, it's spectacular. It's so dramatic and intense that it's just off the scale. So, yeah, I mean, and... Obviously, I've only seen for where says there's six more to come, but it's not even a question now as whether he's going to stick the landing of this show because he's already stuck the landing in the episode I've seen to an extent. He's just grounded. Now. Hey, yeah. look, the final episode might be Logan waking up. It was all a dream. You don't know. It could go horribly no. off the rails. Jesse yeah. would never jump the shark. No. Uh, you pretty much have said it all. Sorry. No, no, no. It's I absolutely just echo everything you said. The th- I think the key things I really liked about this first episode, one... The fact that, you know, we're in a state, and this could easily change, but for my blood pressure alone, mm. I really enjoy the fact that the siblings are now working together. Yeah. Right. Yeah, There's a sort of like a, they're working relative harmony and it, that could all change. But I really like, and they've, they come up with this idea for this new revolutionary new media brand to redefine news for the 21st century. And it's so funny because you can imagine this happening, mm. right? Oh, yeah. That's why it's perfect. Yeah. It's a mix between the New Yorker and yeah. uh, something. And it was something, yeah. um, Masterclass meets something else. Yeah. 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 Tom and Greg offering light relief yeah. that scene you talked about which we don't want to ruin at all but 
is exceptional. Mm. Their interactions and the fact that they're now each other, they're, they're the fuck buddies going the around. Disgusting brothers. Disgusting brothers, right. Um, who are, you know, making their way through Manhattan. And then the new dynamics, basically. So between Shiv and Tom, the power shift there. Also, I think, you know, we're seeing this new side to Logan and the fact that with everything that's going on, plus the 80th birthday thing, he's sort of like just sort of questioning the meaning of his life and life in general, which we don't often see. I mean, obviously, he's still a maniacal monster, but we see mm. this sort of vulnerability in him for the first time as he's sort of questioning it in a way that he would do, right? Basically, shantsy word every now and again. Um, but I just think this is just... I, it also distresses me <laughs> that you don't like it because I just think it's exquisite. You know, the theat- theatricality of it, the fact that I think this should be... and I. Like Happy Valley, I think this should be studied by people like writers and producers and anyone involved in TV because I just think it's a masterclass in every aspect. So plotting, pacing, dialogue, characterization, it is phenomenal. Perhaps we can add it to our cultural exchange list. Yeah, and I you would can pick yeah. out an episode for me at some point down the line, and yes, I'll give it another let's go. Let's do that. Okay, but, deal. All right, we'll see what happens. Anyway, Succession then, which comes to now and Sky Atlantic on on the today on the today <laughs> it arrives this evening on that. Well, it'll be on at two a.m. Of course, in the wee hours of the morning, like all the best HBO shows are. It arrived already, is yeah. what I obviously meant to say. It is available now as you listen to this. Well <laughs> no, done. All healthy people should be asleep by then. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Time now for the big door prize, which comes to Apple TV Plus, and this stars Chris O'Dowd as Dusty, uh, a man who is, I believe, a teacher living in a small town in the U.S. who has not, I think, it's fair to say, explored his full potential. Except one day, a machine appears in the local grocery store where. If you put a little bit of money in, it will give you a little card which tells you what you could be. For me, this feels a little bit like, um, was it, there were a couple of them, weren't they? True and, uh, and the other one, which was one, I think, another, where you could find out who your one true love was by going mm. to the scientific thing. This instead is kind of Zoltar, Zoltan, I forget what it's called, type machine, which basically tells you what you could be, what your potential is, what your destiny could have been had you realised your potential. Uh, Kay's destiny was obviously to appear on this podcast of podcasts, but uh, what do you think of the show? I've peaked. You have peaked. Um, This is it. You're living the dream. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed this. So it... It's based on M.O. Walsh's novel of the same name. And as you say, it tells a story of Chris O'Dowell's character called Dusty, who is a married high school teacher um, who has just turned 40. He's going through some midlife angst anyway, but then he this machine comes into the town, um, the Morpho machine, and he's very anti it. And you get the vibe that he's scared what it will reveal. And he doesn't really see why people can't just be content with what they have. But ba- basically, because he's scared, he's terrified. Um and I just, do you know what? I just really love the fact that this is such a simple yet effective and clever concept because, you know, the fact that they the characters are all thinking, right, our lives have more than one possible path. It is It is, can be scary. And for them, particularly the character of Dusty, it makes him wonder, am I happy? Is this it? Which I think are questions that probably a lot of us have asked us. You yourself point. are asking yourself this even now. Right now. Yeah. Am I happy doing this? Um so I just think it resonates with everyone, I'm sure. And um, I think Chris O'Dowd is perfectly cast because he gives such great uh, droopy dog energy. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like he's got such a hangdog expression he sometimes. Does. And he, he plays that whole midlifer, you know, sort of wondering, you know, because it makes him question and all the characters question everything. So he's then looking at his marriage and are they, is she, is his wife as happy as she could be? And and the whole the whole community is going through this, right? So you see people making radical decisions. Um, but yeah, I just, I did really enjoy this. I thought it was good. Um, 
And also just a flag that this is written and... I think exec produced by David West Reed, who I'm a big fan of anyway. So he was a writer and exec producer of Shit's Creek, mm. which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and he was also the creator of Anne Juliet, which is the West End um, musical, which I hate, hate musicals. <laughs> but I love this. You love them. No, I you're, really hate. No, you're very much always a say it, don't sing it. That's my no, that's my motto. But I really loved Anne Juliet, and it was really smart and clever, like a retelling of uh, Romeo and Juliet, but from Juliet's perspective. If she didn't die at the end, what would her future hold? If she wasn't spoiler, wait? yeah, no, it's the it's the premise. No, um, I mean for Shakespeare. Oh, right. Carry on. But um, yeah, I just and I think his sort of smart writing and um, is just is just all over this. So like, I, I'm a huge fan of him, and I think this is very enjoyable. Boyd, mm. do you agree or is Kay wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you had a better... What a brilliant bit of scripting. Yeah, yeah it's good, it's good. Yeah. Do you like my link? It's good. One of the things I love about the show is that the store owner where the this magical machine arrives yeah. in Mysterious Services is played by Patrick Kerr, who is a brilliant character actor, kind of supporting actor, who is not only in Frasier... Um, and in, in, in a brilliant recurring role is Noel Shemsky, who is the Star Trek-loving um, kind of nerd who works at the radio station where Frasier works. And he's the one who convinces Frasier's son to do his um, bar mitzvah speech in Klingon. <laughs> and he teaches <laughs> Frasier how to, how to use Klingon. So he's a legendary character in that. He's also in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, your favourite show. Yeah, as Michael, who's the blind man who gets um, Larry to literally in, help him move into his new apartment <laughs> and keeps shouting at him. I remember that episode, yeah. yeah. Legendary episode where he gets really annoyed at Larry because he can't, because uh, Larry's putting the TV in the wrong room. And he has a recurring role in that season and he is fucking hilarious. And he is the store owner. And he, he's such a brilliant, it's just brilliant to see him in that role. And he kind, he's kind of really good in that role. It's a, it's a small but supporting but really crucial Yeah, it's a crucial role. role. Yeah, it's a crucial bit of business. I just love being in the company of Chris O'Dowd, really. And, and you know, he's kind of, fantastic in everything he does it's, he has such a kind of warmth to him and he's just really funny in, in a way and he's like interesting he's the holdout he's like oh, the rest of the community instantly want to know mm. what's going to happen to them in their, in their lives he's holding out he's like trying to be above it isn't he and then you know spoiler alert he might not be so above it after all um but it's just, it's just, it uses this very, as you alluded to, similar to certain other kind of shows, quite high concept device to really explore how people decide what their hopes and ambitions are in their lives and how people, you know, what people think about, you know, if they haven't achieved, what, what are they trying to achieve in their life? And is living in a small town seemingly, you know, having a nice job, have teaching people doing good in that way, um, is that enough? You know, do you want more necessarily? So it's looking at really interesting questions, I think. Um, but is this it? Is this That's it? what it comes yeah, down right. to. Is this is it? This but Chris it? O'Dowd is so brilliant that I'd watch him in anything. But this is it's pretty decent so far. Yeah, I mean, I've only watched the first two episodes, but um, I will watch more. I didn't what? like it. Oh, why? I didn't find it funny or interesting. You didn't find it interesting? No. I struggled yeah. with it quite a lot. And really? I was, yeah, I really did. Do you think it's an interesting concept, though? Well, I, I, what it makes you think about, you know, sure. like... Sure. And I think that it's an interesting... I like the, that idea of that. It's like, what is my potential? Am I living all I could be? Is this all there is? Could I have done different things? Might did it bring an ex existential yeah. dread? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it brought right? an existential yeah. crisis on. I said, stop watching it. Yeah. Pilot TV podcast. <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just... I didn't... The, 
gags, I mean, they aren't really gags, but the humour didn't really land with me. I didn't find it very funny. It's you know, understated. It is yeah. understated. There's a there's a middle-aged man on a scooter montage, which they were more proud of than I think they probably should have been. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, yeah, it was short. That was definitely in his wow. favour. But I just, <gasps> yeah, I wasn't really interested. And I got to the end, I was like, I was a little bit. Oh God, thank God for that. I, yeah, I really, I really oh, didn't I'm enjoy sad about it. That. It's it a bit similar to that Apple me. TV thing we we, we recently with the, about selling the yeah the on the moon on the moon. Mm. Yeah, what's that called again? <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was just me that doesn't remember. <laughs> oh, I think you don't need me to tell you the title. Uh, we all know the title. <laughs> you don't need me to, to tell show. you yeah. the show, the moon the show moon with show. the moon time yeah, share stuff that we absolutely remember. Yeah, but that had a similarly very high concept on a premise. Yeah. I prefer I, this. I much prefer this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everything you're saying about this, I felt about that. Yeah. But I don't feel it about this. Yeah. This I'm very much enjoying the whole vibe of it. Whereas I found that too contrived, too kind of like over designed and over, whereas this I kind of buy into the characters and it all feels very real. Those mm. those conversations around the dinner table with the yeah. family felt very real to me. Whereas I, not much about that show. Although I do know a lot of people have watched more of it and told me that it gets much better as it goes along. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> <laughs> what should we look at? No, let's just call it Moonshow. Let's call it Moonshow. It is now called Moonshow. Uh, okay. Well, potential no show respect. comes to Apple... <laughs> <laughs> Apple TV Plus this week. Uh, in fact, also lands on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday the yeah. 29th of March. What I've noticed is, because Ted Lasso arrived on Wednesday, Yes, I think so did the moon show. <laughs> and I think they're doing all their half-hour, in quotes, comedy yeah, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. And the Funny Wednesdays. I'm on board with to that. To get us through hump day. Yeah. Right. They're dropping. Or something like that. While we're on Ted Lasso, it upsets me they still haven't given us any more episodes of that. I'm not happy. Just be patient. Wait, how more. many have you got? Four. Yeah, four. I don't know if I... Have I got four? I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been. Haven't checked your own uh, okay. account. But I, I, I'll schedule I in more. a bit of fury in case I haven't. Yeah, I, I wanted to watch some last night and couldn't. But anyway, that's my first world problem. Right, that is the potential show. Now moving on to the last show this week, which is called can I, can the I, Rabbit I, Show. Can I just interject <laughs> that sure. Boyd is still trying to search what the name <laughs> is? He can't even find what the moon <laughs> show is called. It's their only show that doesn't be in. Why don't you go on to Billy Crudup's IMDb page and see if it's I mean, on there? It's so annoying. See, it doesn't that's deserve to be named if you can't find yeah. it within two. I mean, look, okay, I mean, oh, clearly we could tell him. We could tell him. Yeah, if but we no, I, to. this is more fun. Yeah, this is more fun. Yeah. This way we get you know, entertainment for free. <laughs> uh, sure, right. So this is Rabbit Hole, and this stars Kiefer Sutherland as a man who works in some kind of financial consultancy that I didn't fully understand. Uh, but he is at the center of a conspiracy where everyone is trying to get him. He's being framed for murder, for terrorism attacks. All kind of stuff is happening. He doesn't know what's going on. And frankly, neither do we by the end of the first episode. But this is on Paramount+. Plus. It's nice to see... Keep us other than bat running around the city. It's been a while. It uh, really is. Boydy, Boydy, did you go down this particular rabbit hole? I did. This is a sh- this show is created by Glenn Ficara and Jean Requa, who worked together as a team on various uh, films and TV shows. They did the remake of Bad News Bears. They did the legendary Cats and Dogs movie. Not really legendary at all. Um, I Love You, Philip Morris, which is quite good. They made their directed directorial debut with that which they also wrote Crazy Stupid Love they wrote which was a really good script I think um, anyway is this, is this just by the fact that you had already brought up IMDB to find out what <laughs> the mood show was so you're <laughs> now just going to read out the entire film I might to explain who created great shows and what they've done before I think it's a good like, point god to damn make. it if I brought this up on my browser I'm going to make the most of it <laughs> okay. I'm still about, I, I, if we get to the end of this podcast. oh my god you have really broken Boydo I mean first of all you broke his, yeah you broke him yeah. about succession and then he's actually now just shouting fuck 
Fuck yeah. you. So remember that, Paul. I, have on I wasn't people. the only yeah. one. Yeah, Paul. I'm being still informative about this show. <laughs> Apologies. But he's basically what type of... I think it's kind of like industrial espionage that his firm does. So they specialise in coming up with solutions to outcomes that r- the other big co- corporations or even small corporations, small companies, want to happen. So they help kind of hatch plans, often quite contrived and complicated plans, to kind of ensnare um, a, a particular person within a particular industry, paid for by a rival, usually. And you get a couple of examples of that. There's quite a clever... Uh, there's a, a genuinely clever, I thought, very well-executed sequence where... That this complicated plan that they hatch is carried out in the middle of New York, and I thought it really worked really well. It was really interesting, a kind of really interesting um, insight into this kind of world, which I think does exist. I think you you can actually pay people to do devious things in the world of big industry, etc. So that's what he does. Um, he's a corporate spy essentially, but then he becomes embroiled, and then in the, in the first episode, this kind of happens at the end, but it's not spoiler. It is the premise of the show. He is the victim of a huge big conspiracy. And he's accused of something that we believe, at least as far as we know, he didn't do. And that's the kind of start of the whole show. Even though, right, this is like eight billion other different shows that we've seen before <laughs> amalgamated into one. It's a little bit Michael Clayton as well, and there's no greater um, compliment than that yeah. for me, that one of the greatest films of all time. It's got elements of that. It's got elements of a lot. It's, it's, I mean, there's even got a little bit of 24 in it in a way, just in the way it's shot. It's very slickly shot and put together. It's quite action-y. Mm. There's explosions and running, and as you say, keep yourself running around New York. There's um, cross and double cross, and you're not quite sure where you are. You don't know what's going on. You're not sure of you know who is betraying who and who's really doing what they're supposed to be doing? I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I was. It's 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 like it's not the best written show ever, but it almost doesn't need to be. It's interesting enough. The premise is interesting enough. Kate's looking at me like I'm mad. Fine. I just really this. I mean, I love this kind of thing anyway. I just kind of like this kind of conspiracy mm. thriller type of thing. So even if it's not the greatest example of it, I, I was still pretty riveted. And it was a lot better than that other thing that I can't remember that we did last week. The Night what? Agent. Night Agent. No, see, you. I prefer the Night Agent. Oh no, I'm this so Yeah, you prefer the Night Agent. Spoiler yeah, for those who didn't listen to the Pilot Plus because you fancied Mr. the Night FBI agent. agent. Yeah. This Listen. is much better than the Night Agent. This is, uh, it's the tone of it. That's the key to me. The, I mean, the tone of a show is kind of key in general to all the shows that you are, you know, reason why you like or dislike them. But for me, the Night Agent was bland and banal. Apart from that one scene that went on about last week where they go to the home, they invade the home at the end with the baby. It, I thought it was very bland and banal. Whereas this is a little bit tighter, a little bit slicker. Um, Kiefer Sun is more interesting than the guy you like in the Night Agent. How guy. dare you? Yeah. Steamy like, th- Thirst Trap guy. Yeah, yeah Steamy Thirst <laughs> Trap guy, yeah. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's having a good time. Is that you can tell he's having a good time because he's like grins his way through a lot of it. Um, I just felt the tone of this was much more, appealed to be much more than that. And that's a personal thing. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, well, Kay, Kay, who did the, the, Kay is in many ways inscrutable and unreadable. And when she did her big double thumbs down as I was doing the introduction, <laughs> yeah. I was left yeah. really none the wiser as to what no. she thought about the show. So Kay, let's hear what did you think of Rabbit okay. Hole? Because I have no idea. <laughs> For the record, let me just be clear. I love Kiefer. I loved him as Jack Bauer. I love 24. At that time, cut me, I bled 24, right? So this is nothing about him. And he's done his best with the script that he has. But the script isn't good, okay? It's so clunky and exposition-filled. I was just like... And the thing is, to be fair, I had watched... Did I watch this first and then Succession? So it doesn't stand... You know, like, I feel like... 
it shouldn't be in this week because it's, um, you know, because then you're just like, everything's compared to succession. You're like, mm. but I just thought the writing was really bad and, you know, so terrible with the exposition. So, for example, I've actually written something down here to read Oh, out. God. I won't do it in the accent because I can't. But this is something that... Um, <laughs> this is something that John Weir says. Now, he, as he's the, you know, corporate... Keeper Sutherland. Yeah, no, who yeah. plays, yeah, oh, yeah, who yeah, plays yeah, John yeah. Weir. Yeah. Um, he's the corporate spy. So a woman, he approaches him at the lift. He knows this woman. Uh, she obviously knows what he does. They're obviously, you know, cat and mousing. And he says, so how are you and the fine folk down at FBI financial crime units doing today? Let that sink in. Who the fuck says that? They know each other. Why would he say that? Would you ever say that long sentence? Well, like, that's clearly so that we know who she is. So he's introducing her as so a bit of... Oh, is that why he said yeah, it? Yeah, oh, right. Actually, episode. now it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> another thing. I've just written one more down. All And this is him, like he's in this boardroom meeting, he's getting commissioned to do something by someone who used to work with him. That's all made very clear because they say it explicitly. And then he says, all I'll say is I like making rich assholes pay me to make other rich assholes lose money. Yeah, it's not it's not sparkling dialogue. I'm not going to lie to it's you. It's shit dialogue. It's not great. It's rubbish. And I'm like, who talks like that? Answer no one. I just, you know, I really, I did like the scene that you were talk, alluding to in the, you know, running around the city and all these things happen. It's very, that was a clever moment, mm. if completely unrealistic. But for me, my problem with this is that the show is very pleased with itself and thinks it's a lot smarter and slicker and superior than it actually is. I think both of you are 100% right in what you have said. <laughs> it is it is all of the things Kay said. And yet, as Boyd said, despite all of that, which you cannot deny, no. it's quite enjoyable. Like, it's not hateful. <laughs> and I think it's quite, it sweeps you along. And But again, I think maybe I'm a bit like you, Boyd. I'm a real sucker for uh, a labyrinthine conspiracy. Yeah. Especially one where, you know, it's like a bait and switch thing where he's he's been set up, where he thinks he's doing something else and actually they've used it all against him and suddenly all this evidence has been manufactured and he's like, oh my God. I, yeah, I wanted to see what happens. I probably, if I'm honest with you, will not continue watching it, but I was quite I was quite sucked in by this particular episode. And, I want everyone it. to watch it just for the dialogue. Yeah. And to see what you think. But let's be honest, like the dialogue in 24 wasn't exactly, yeah. you know. No, yeah. but... You know, we're years on now. Yeah, and actually that is something about this. This feels to me a little bit like an old school network show, but with a slightly more modern budget. Uh, so it had a, a slightly regressive feel to it at times. But, you know, there's there's room for, for, for all these things. You know, not everything has to be peak TV. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, now, Definitely better than The Night Agent, though. Yeah, it is definitely better than the Night Agent. Mm. Sorry, I have used the power of Google to find out what the real—not the real name—what the what the Moon Show is otherwise known oh, so as. Did I. Oh, right, so did I. Hello tomorrow. Yes. Well, we knew that. I mean, like, what like a terrible title, though. <laughs> Hello yeah. tomorrow is, isn't it? Like, it's so the Moon Show would be better. I blame them. I mean, the Big that. Door Prize isn't a massive step it's up different. from that. The Big Door Prize. Yeah, you is, remember it. Yeah, Hello tomorrow. I mean, mm. tomorrow. Hello, hello, hello. Goodbye, hello, goodbye. Wow. I mean, no. Should we stick with the Moon Show? Yeah, stick with the Moon Show. All right, fine. So rabbit. Hold then is also out on the today and it lands on Paramount Plus this evening. Now we've got a couple of bonus shows we can talk about, haven't we, Boydie? Because there are other shows on this week. Blue Lights is on BBC One. I've seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. What did you think? 
I, for the first half of it, thought this was wildly generic Northern Ireland, <laughs> Northern Irish kind of police drama. And then it took a turn about halfway through with a particularly tense kind of standoff with a woman with a couple of knives. And I was like, oh, this this has got teeth, surprisingly. <laughs> so um, as soon as it started getting a bit stabby, you <laughs> yes, <into> it. <laughs> it got stabby enough that it got my interest. Well, it wasn't even the stabbiness. It was the, you know, that the natives were getting restless, paramilitaries. Like, it all got quite hairy. And I was like, this is really, really tense. And so suddenly I started to pay more attention to it because before that, I mean, I've seen a dozen like American shows like Rookies or Rookie Blue and all this where it's just like rookie police officers and they tend to be a bit generic. And this had a lot of that in it, despite the presence of Sir Beric Dondarrion, the Lightning Lord. Um, but, but, Dorma. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Yes. Uh, but, but, it, it, like I say, it goes to more interesting places. And by the end of it, I kind of felt like I wanted to know what happened because there's a there's a lot more going on. The sneaky deekies, as they call them, these undercover people. So there's lots of stuff going on. The police are being told to back off things. There's this no-go estate where there's paramilitaries everywhere. I, yeah, it, it, it was better than I thought it would be. It does go to interesting places, not least Northern Ireland, where it's set. <laughs> yes, that's what is, I said. Did you say that? Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. Northern okay. Irish police oh, drama. I'm fine, yeah. okay. But that, I mean, that is inherently interesting. And it is, even though it feels slightly... Um, judgy or whatever to say is a dangerous place to be in the police force, but it is. And as you say, there are no-go areas. I don't think you know, it's, it's judgy. It's well, just it's, factual, isn't you it? You know, there's a, in, in some Was. ways, Northern Ireland's come an incredible long way yeah. since the Troubles. Yes, of course, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's you, know, you wouldn't it's, necessarily know it from the show. Right, you wouldn't know it from the show, yeah, exactly. But this show is showing you, I think, the, the grim, harsh reality of what it must be like to be a young police, or even just a police, police person who changes their life, which is what Sean Brooks character. Sean yeah. Brooks from Sherlock was absolutely fantastic in Sherlock. I will say, yeah, go on. while we're talking about her, yeah. the beginning of this show starts with the worst, and dare I say it, laziest fake-out I think I've ever seen on television. <laughs> Literally, okay. I was just like, oh my fucking God, what are you doing? And I feel like that, it was a real shame though, because this show is a lot better than that. And that opening sequence was just unforgivable. You're better than that. Yeah, you're uh, better than that. Uh, yeah. You are absolutely better than that, Blue Light. Stop it. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean to some extent. Yeah, but I do think once it gets going, as you say, once it gets going and you get these uh, really interesting kind of set piece moments, it is, it's really, I just think she's brilliant, Sean Brooks. She was brilliant, Sherlock. She's, she's really good in this. Mm. And it is quite a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a jump that she gives up her, her job to suddenly become a policewoman. Hey, it happens. Yeah, it happens, yeah. I know um, someone who did that, actually. Do you? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, was a lawyer. Jacked it all in to join the police force. Wow. Oh, there you go. And then jacked in the police force to become a lawyer again, but that's not the end of that. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think, it, and it's, I think it's really well done. Yeah. Blue Lights then, which is on BBC One again, the Today. It's not mm. on tonight. Also out this week, Kevin McKidd is back on our screens, not in Grey's Anatomy, behind or in front of the camera, but in 6-4, which sounds to me like a football formation, which I'm assured is not, on ITVX. <laughs> it could be a football formation, yeah, um, but it's not, no. it's um, this is I hosted the, the launch of this, the Q&A, so I'm slightly biased, interviewed. Well, I interviewed Kevin McKidd, basically. It was a conversation with Kevin McKidd, him in LA, uh, where he lives and works on, directs loads and loads of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. He does. Um, him talking about this when she stars along with Vinette Robinson, their husband and wife. He's a cop. She's a former undercover officer and their daughter has gone missing. And that is the kind of big thing that's driven a huge wedge between them. She goes off to kind of try and track her down on her own back in London for various mysterious reasons. He stays in Glasgow where he's based. Where his older brother is, an, is, is a powerful police officer as well. He's like in the higher echelons of the police. So you've got this kind of interesting interfamilial thing going on. You've got the fact that they are giving, he's given the task of uh, chasing up a another disappearance, another teenage girl who disappeared, which may or may not be connected to his own daughter's situation. 
and it's a really it's adapted from a uh, a book a novel by Hideo Yokoyama and it's relocated to Scotland to Glasgow mainly set in Glasgow and Edinburgh and a bit in London um, I thought it was fascinating actually it's kind of a bit like it's a and this is well written I think you'll find I think you should you might enjoy this Kate if you get, get time okay. to watch it it's ITVX on Thursday and it is sharply written really well directed um, there's an opening kind of set piece sequence where she runs off leaving him on his own he kind of runs after a film on the streets of Edinburgh. It's really well done. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, 6-4, ITVX, Thursday. I watched the first half. Oh, okay. But then I stopped because I started watching that that film this morning, so oh, I never got to finish it's, it. It's but I was enjoying it as yeah. far as I got. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's so I, was, I was trying to work out why she's running away, why he doesn't want to go, yeah. what's waiting for her in London? Yeah. What is afoot? James. It's done yeah. in kind of puzzle box style in the sense that you're kind of always, you don't know much more yeah. than he does. You're playing catch up all yeah, the time. So you're kind of, it's, mm. That's what makes it really intriguing. The storytelling is really clever from that point of view, I think, in that you're like, yeah, what it's it's quite confusing and weird, but you're compelled to carry on watching, at least I, I am. The second ITVX show. I know. Like. He's come such a long way. <laughs> I know. I'm now the official spokesman for ITVX. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what that tattoo was all about. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, what else is out, Boydie? There's other stuff this week. Kindred is on Disney Plus on Wednesday. Yes, yes, that's quite a big deal, really. That's adapted from the Octavia Butler novel, a very um, celebrated novel that's kind of like time travel um, slavery story where yeah, this African-American writer bounces back and forth in time between LA in 1976 and a 19th century slave plantation. Talking of high concepts, but it looks very interesting, but I haven't watched any of that yet. Um, that's exec produced by Darren Aronofsky, no less. Is it now? Yes, it is, James. And then what is on, there's also another show, Unstable, which is on Netflix, which Unstable. I believe is a comedy, one yes, of the comedies. It's a comedy <laughs> with Rob Lowe, talking of The West Wing. I haven't Ledge. watched that, um, but yeah, I think that's a half-hour comedy show. That might be right. And of course, The Power, which you mentioned, is embargoed. Uh, we will be reviewing that in depth, won't we, in, power, in uh, Pilot Plus. Race Across the World. Is that on? Uh, that started last week, Kate. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's on. Just to make sure everyone knew about reality, that. That's reality, but you were, yeah. Also out this week is The Power, which comes to Prime Video on Friday, and we will be reviewing on this I week's Pilot Plus. That, you I wasn't listening. I was reading my phone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, that was classic. Wasn't it? Like, that literally, like, oh dear. Yeah. Keep that uh, in. Yes. Yeah. We will, in fact, be reviewing The Power on Pilot we Plus, will. Uh, and you can hear about that then. Brilliant. Excellent. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have yet to, frankly, get Kay some cake by leaving a five-star <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice, please do so now. Yes, we uh, would appreciate we it. We would appreciate that, Kay in particular, because she wants it. Well, did you say a fluffy sponge? Was it a fluffy, fruity sponge. sponge. A fluffy, yeah. fruity sponge. Creamy sponge. A fluffy, fruity, creamy sponge. Mm-hmm. We're getting a bit extravagant here. Uh, we'll see what we can do with that. If you want to follow us on the social medias, at Pilot TV Pod, at James C. Dyer, at Kay Ribeiro, at Boyd Hilton, then do feel free to do so. And what's our show of the week, James? What is our show of the week? What is our show of the week? What is our show of the week? Well, your show of the week is Succession. Kay's show of the week is Succession. Mm -hmm. And my show of the week is none of the shows we talked about on this episode. Oh, I see. So, but I can say no more than that. Uh, And that is it. Next week, next week, we may have Jack Farthing on to talk about rain dogs on BBC. Uh, What else is happening? Dreamland comes to sky. Grease Riders of the Pink Ladies is going to be on. So that should be quite exciting. Uh, And Schmigadoon returns to Apple. But frankly, we won't be watching that because Kay doesn't like musical theatre. Not that it matters because Kay's not going to be here anyway because she's taking a week off because she is work shy. Mm -hmm. It's a work trip. It's a work trip. I'm going to Athens, guys. I think Martin Kemp is hanging out. 
I know. And I, after, after the anecdote, I told her a couple of weeks ago, I'm embarrassed. No, no. But yeah. crucially, he was looking in the window. So yeah, I'm pretty no. sure we're in Martin yeah, Kemp's studio and yeah. we've run over. Uh, Martin Kemp literally just, just throwing me out of the studio. Okay, yeah. so, so it's goodbye from us. Goodbye from Martin Kemp, who frankly <laughs> needs this microphone more than I do. Who's a dilf? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, pilot's out. <laughs>